Hello, everybody. Join it. It's December 20. No, no, it's the first. No, it's the second. It's the 22nd year. It's December 2nd, 22. And we are here in New York live. Or we are. It's whatever the hell time it is when you press play. And it's just the right time. You know what else is just the right time for? Reading through this first major thread that has been released by Elon Musk and the new management of Twitter, uh, which has some has shown itself to have some upside, though um, still in many ways censorious. We'll talk about that later on. This is going to be a big show tonight, uh, and it's going to be mainly audience-driven. But first, I have to read through this. And he got that Matt Taibbi guy, or Taibbi. He's the one that he did a lot of great work for. I don't know. I forget if it was Rolling Stone or something uh, in in covering all of the OIG reports and what was going on with the FBI and all of their terrible dealings and lying and, and, and illegal operations based on lies and omissions and everything else. So he's definitely been disillusioned with centralized power and centralized control of communication, let alone the uh, the power to investigate and splay open had splay a person's life out onto a table and just molest every part of them. But we have that tonight, and uh, he had promised, Elon did, about 50 minutes ago, about an hour ago, that he was going to release all this stuff. The Twitter files were going to come out. And then he, uh, then we have this, uh, this thread here from Matt Taby, author of Griftopia, The Divide, The Business Secrets of Drug Dealing, and Hate Incorporated. It just came out a couple of minutes ago. It's it's uh, thread the Twitter files. So this is what what I what I've been made to understand. This is the um, the story of suppression of important news, like the Hunter Biden laptop. So I'm going to read this right after the intro, just to make sure everybody's in their seats. And then afterwards, we're going to take calls and just talk. We'll watch a little bit of the Mark Dice breakdown of what was going on on InfoWars yesterday that we spoke about very, very quickly as I was um, getting ready for Judge Joe Brown to, to show up last night on the show. So uh, tonight we'll be able to, to jump into some audience reaction, take a lot of calls. We got uh, we got Matt over here. Matt, it's been a it's been a crazy week. How you doing? Hello, Francis. You feel you feeling well? Yeah, but yesterday I got sprayed by a skunk for like the first time in they scare Several me. years. That's why they scare me. Yeah, they tried to turn around and bite me. Really? So I went to go move over, and I stepped into some leaves, and I was like, then I jumped because I knew it was going to spray me, but he got the van. The van stinks. I stunk. So so what did you do? How did you get... Do you have a... I, I, was, I went after that. I looked around, and this fucking thing was just uh, right at the back of the van just staring at me. I'm like, eh. then he just walked away. All like, I got, he walked away like this. I finally hit something. All smug? All smug, like. You fuck. How they hobble. They, they, they run like this. If they ever run by you, they go. 
I hate the way they run. Yeah, I think it, I I don't look, but I think maybe it's because uh, their front legs are shorter than the back legs. Yeah, they're completely deformed. They are one of God's mistakes. Yeah. Very few mistakes he made. So that's like the second or third time I got sprayed and exactly like, uh, how long have I been doing this? One of my 30, and several teen years. Wow. Almost 18. Yeah. <laughs> this April will be 18. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up. First of all, what do you think about this week as far as the news with uh, – I'll, I'll let you say whatever you want. Real, no, we'll say it later on. But th- th- you know who, who's been in the news a lot this week? Who's that? Big Al. Big Al's back. Uh, I mean, he's never left in many ways, but oh, – always, he's always, he's always in some people's hearts. Yeah. Um, but you know, they've been talking about Al all, all week. Yeah, I've been listening. <laughs> with bated breath. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, any, well, we're gonna get we're gonna get to the uh, we're gonna get to that later on for sure. The Alex Jones thing. But I just wanted to let you all know that we have a lot going on. It's gonna be a fun one tonight. So share it far and wide. I put the links out all over the place. Matt, here's a story that you can talk about real quick since you already opened it up with a skunk anecdote. New York is now offering $170,000 a year job to help exterminate and win their war against the rats. Would you take a job like that? For $170,000? Would you go fight the rats? Yeah. It's it's a different kind of rat. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. But no matter what they do, they're not good. There's more rats than there are people in the city, and there's nothing they can do to stop it. It's more It's more so that they are overwhelming literally everything now. So they just want to be able to beat it back to a point where um, it's not like I mean, it could be stopped. I just don't think they want to really spend the money to have it done. They're creating uh, pretty well-paying jobs. People, they're actually. I'm th- about to fill out an application. What is that? A city job? Yeah. It's so you would get a uh, what's that called when you retire? Pension? Maybe. I mean, listen, 170. As long as you're not living, I'll work for a couple years. I'll throw myself down a flight of stairs and collect it. <laughs> You know what? I'll I'll kill as many rats as I can for a couple of years. Then I'm going to throw myself down a flight of subway steps just to collect. The, I would definitely do that. I, I would know. do that. One hundred seventy thousand dollars, bro. No, I I I, I actually I just uh, I'm doing one rat job right now. I already caught like what was it twelve rats in like three days. Well, if you $170,000, it would be really good, uh, especially if you're not living in the city. Like if you commute in from Westchester or from up, you know, somewhere upper and where, I don't know, it'd be a little bit longer commute, but you know, $170,000 a year in New York City, you're still living in a closet. Well, yeah, yeah, you're not. But still, all right, so. And you're so living with the rats. You're living with the rats. Wait, where the hell are you? Yeah, You're big, supposed to big, be... Man, they're big down in the city. Oh, wait. There you, there you go. That's supposed to be... There you go. All right, I think yeah. I'd be able to defeat them. If they gave me what I wanted exactly, I would be able to defeat them. Why don't you call Eric Adams and says, I know exactly what I'm going to do. He, he would say we don't actually don't want to solve the problem. We just want to pretend like we're doing something. I found something else that I think you're going to like here, too. Somebody did a study. It was from, I think it was from Tim Kennedy MMA. Uh, well, he, he, had, uh, he had shared this a couple of days ago, and I said, oh, this is perfect for a Friday night. 
Here is the study <clears throat> that was taken. The question was asked, which animals could you beat in a fight? A fist fight. This is something we talk about a lot. There could be a lot of animals in a fist fight. Well, take a look at where the, how, this, how this happened here. Which of the following animals, if any, do you think you could beat in a fight if you were unarmed? And, and, they were, and now here's the thing here. Here's the thing. Here we have 80%. 80% of people say that, that they would be able to beat a rat unarmed. Okay. That's the top. I, that's, they need to know what a rat is capable of. Here's the thing. So that you can't just like not know how an animal's going to attack, or you know, you can't just go into it and say, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna beat it up." You need to know what it's gonna do. About seventy-six percent, and this this is between Brits and Americans. Oh well, it, it's a, it's an, it's incredible to see here, and I think he even points it out. Uh, Tim Kennedy says, "I just want to see that uh, I I love that Americans are twice as likely to fight anything over the British because here they are." The Americans are the blue dot, and we are willing to at least try to fight anything, or we believe that we 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 believe that we can beat anything at least twice as much as they do. But here's the thing: it's because it's true. Well, from believe it, it's true. large dog, ready? From large dog to eagle. <laughs> a fist fight with an eagle. But you look at how Amer now a lot of Americans, about thirty percent of Americans said I can definitely beat the shit out of an eagle. But only eighteen percent of Brits said that they could. Well, that yeah. I mean, listen, the the, the British they're in they're in really tough tough shape. A lot worse off than we are. Um, yeah. Here is a, a medium sized dog. About 49% of Americans said that they can beat the shit out of a, <laughs> a medium-sized dog. And only 38% of the Brits said that they could, they could beat it unarmed. A goose. Okay. 61% of Americans said I can beat the shit out of a goose. Well, yeah, they're easy. And uh, only 43% or 45%. Of Brits so that they can beat up a goose. I've had many encounters with geese. Well, I tell you, they're fearless, bro. I'll tell you that. Oh, I I know, I know. But thank, thankfully, you didn't have any British people backing you up. You'd be all alone. I would never. No offense to you know any of you people, you know from Britain, but I would never. I'd rather die alone in the battlefield. I'd, I'd rather die all alone. <laughs> Just so I could be alone with my thoughts for the last moments and st and stare up at the sky with my mouth open in silence like they do in the movies. Uh, but here's the thing. Up there, house cat. This, is, this really gets me because uh, I, it looks to be about 69% of Americans and almost as many, maybe 67% of the British say that they could beat up a house cat if they were unarmed. I can't believe that, that they were that confident about going up against a house cat than they were an eagle. The cats are, are vicious, bro. I had to go uh, get a cat once at a hotel that someone was vacationing at. They brought their cat, and it just turned vicious. Now, here's the other thing. From chimpanzee on down, it is just, it's it's done. The chimpanzee, king cobra, kangaroo, wolf, okay, 
about 22% of Americans say they, they can take on a wolf. You're part of that. Uh, uh, yep. I asked Tony, by the way, who was on with me last Friday, uh, Tony, how many, how many uh, wolves do you think you can take on at once? He said, None. I'd get killed. It's a it's a it's a, it's a wolf. He said I'd be scared. <laughs> Say, well, that's when you lose already, bro. They know you're scared. You can never let an animal know you're afraid. Crocodile, gorilla. It's amazing that, These, that look at how many more Americans think that they can beat up a gorilla than a British person. It's so ridiculous. A lion. <laughs> look at look near nearly ten percent of Americans said I can take out a lion. <laughs> And the Brits were like, nah, nah, not at all. Well, but, I don't know. You think maybe some of that is because uh, it's still maybe in our DNA because we were, you know, the last, like, real Matt, pioneers. Matt. Dude, come on. You, There's definitely pioneers. Look at Hugh Glass, dude. That dude f- fist fought a grizzly bear. And, okay. You know? Well, okay. The grizzly bear, the lion, fine. The gorilla, maybe. But still, 10% of Americans said that they can take on an elephant. <laughs> and the Brits said none. Well, elephants that you can just run around in a way where you can trip them up. Right. And once they're on the ground, they're soft under underbelly. Then you can kick them in the gut. Well, that's what they used to have elephants in battle. They used to have people protected because their their underbelly is really you know vulnerable. It's all, it's, it's like in Empire Strikes Back when they have to take down the ATATs yeah. in Hoth. Yeah. You know, the, you just have you get those those little snow speeders to go around and trip them up. And then all of a sudden you can shoot them anywhere and they blow up. Yeah. Um, here's here's what Tim Kennedy took away from this. Five observations. A, cute, a few key observations about our species. Number one, most everyone from the green line down would be dead. From chimpanzee down. Not most. Number two, I want to meet this 5 to 10% of people on the planet that think that they can beat a grizzly bear, a gorilla, the lion, or an elephant. Obviously, you can find them all in America. Number three, we really messed up uh, ruining this natural selection thing. And number four, I love that the Americans are twice as likely to fight anything over the British. And number five, nearly 30% of people think that they can't beat a rat or a house cat in a fight. Please do not reproduce. I mean, you'd get you would get pretty messed up and, and scratched up by a house cat, but you should be able to strangle it. This is one of the most vicious things I ever had to do. If they're not declawed, because they got that, they have four of those. Yeah, and they can bite. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get messed up pretty bad. But you, and a rat got an eight eight uh, eight foot vertical, and can chew through a quarter inch of steel. Can chew through concrete if it's not mixed properly. So, yeah, if a rat gets you and starts to bite you and it gets you in the right spot. That's the thing. When I learned that you. about the when I learned that about rats, well, you just said that they have an eight, six to eight foot vertical jump. When I first learned that about them, my uh, hesitancy about ever being around them, even though I don't want to be around giant rodents as it is, uh, that just made them that much more terrifying. Because oh, to think that they can be on the floor at one second and on your face the other. That's where they jump, too. Sons of bitches. Sons of bitches. They try to go for your eyes. (laughs) And they're smart. There's something about the eyes. (laughs) Uh, I want to thank secretnaturecbd.com. I should have smoked a little bit of that before tonight's show. Go to secretnaturecbd.com for 20% off of any of the products that are based on the most clean beautifully cultivated cannabis products of course 
so high in CBD, so low in THC that it is legal in all 50 states. SecretNatureCBD.com, promo code FRANKLY, and start stuffing stockings with all of that stuff. It's a great thing to have in your medicine cabinet, and it's a great thing to uh, to give to friends for the holidays. All right, um, before we go to the next thing, I just like I want to give you guys a little bit of a thing, a little bit of an insight as to how some of the December guest schedule looks like, because I have more than I have to, I have to confirm. Next Saturday, next Friday, the 9th, Sam Tripoli will be on the show. Uh, December 13th, we got Shane Cashman. He's the host of a paranormal podcast called Tales from the Inverted World. Then we have, then we're really going into Christmas time. Really going into Christmas prep. Although it's going to be sprinkled throughout no matter what. But around December 14th, Jay Dyer is coming on. We're going to be talking about Christmas, how Christmas and Santa are not pagan. Taking on Jay Dyer on something like that, you know he's going to come packing. Uh, and other maybe pagan myths that I would like to do with him. Also on December 17th, it's the Saturday night cocktail special here. Chris Ann Hall will be on December 21st for O Night Divine special that we do every year. And then John Paul Rice will be on December 22nd for our Frank Capra night. The December 23rd, that Friday, I'll have my mom, my dad, Anthony, hopefully Lauren in here. Matt is always, uh, it's a Friday night. Matt's always uh, welcome to come by. Yeah, Friday. Yep. And then uh, then December. Then on the 24th, I want to announce it for you, Frank. What? And this is the truth. On December 24th, Francis is going to have Santa Claus in the studio, the real Santa Claus. Well, did you do you did? You, <laughs> are you serious, Clark? <laughs> did, did you see our interview with Santa Claus last year? You were in here for that. That we interviewed Santa Claus, Steve. The real, the real Santa. Oh Claus. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I remember sh- that was that was good. I should probably find that. I should probably find that and get that, <laughs> and uh, and and bring that up because that was a. People got to see that. It was a very good one. We interviewed Santa Claus here last year for the Christmas party. Yeah. I will not be going live from the Christmas party this year. I don't want to have to uh, deal with it. I just want to chill out. But the next week after. But December 24th and 25th, the whole weekend, we're going to have great programming on, quite frankly, TV. So you can put things on with your family around, and I promise you it's going to be good stuff. I, I, we got to start We got to start syndicating some of the, that, uh, that, C, that series, The Chosen. Definitely going to play the pilot episode. That is such a wonderful episode. Very, very emotional. Very rousing. Have you ever seen it? The Chosen, no. We should all watch it together. What's that on Netflix? No, 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 no. We'll talk about it. Uh, then I have... I'm already starting to build things up for January. but And that's when we'll bring on Andrew Bashago again to talk about time travel and everything and um, more. All right, it's 712. Let's start this one off. When we come back, we're jumping right into the Twitter files that have been released just a few minutes ago, and then we'll be opening up the lines for that. The Kanye and Alex Jones thing that we were not able to talk about last night, and it's just a Friday evening with you guys and us over here. And uh, there you have it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Okay, so we're back. I thought I had some other music lined up, and it's just not. I don't. I don't. But I am welcoming you here. Now the pre-show is over. Remember, if you want to contribute to the show through Super Chats, you go to quitefranklysuperchat.com or the Rumble Rants or the Gold Pills on quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. There's also the tips on Rockfin, so plenty of ways to get your thoughts into the show, aside from getting on to the line and calling in when we open them up a little bit. That includes the Discord, so everybody can get into the Discord and enjoy yourself. And remember, it's Friday night, so when we're done, done here... <laughs> when we're done here... It uh, it gets kicked off for the rest of the weekend on QuiteFrankly.tv. So, here we go. All right, a little while ago, we got this. <clears throat> we got e Elon Musk saying that we are going to be dropping the goods. Yes. Dropping the goods. What did he say? He said, um, he said, what really happened with the Hunter Biden story suppressed by Twitter? It will be published on Twitter at 5 p.m. This will be awesome. It will include a live Q&A. We're double-checking some facts, blah, 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 and that's when they went dark for about an hour. Now we got the thread, the thread written by Matt Taby. Here it is. First time I'm seeing it, first time Matt's listening to it. The Twitter files. I don't know how long this is going to be, but whatever. We're doing it together. What you're about to read is the first installment in a series based upon thousands of internal documents obtained by sources at Twitter. The Twitter files tell an incredible story from inside of one of the world's largest and most influential social media platforms. It is the Frankensteinian tale of a human-built mechanism grown out of the control of its designer. Grown out of control of its designer. Twitter, in its conception, was a brilliant tool for enabling instant mass communication, making a true real-time global conversation possible for the first time. In an early conception, Twitter more than lived up to its mission statement, giving people, quote, the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. 
As time progressed, however, the company has was slowly forced to add those uh, add those barriers. Some of the first tools for controlling speech were designed to combat the likes of spam and financial fraudsters. Slowly over time, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well, first a little, then more often, and then constantly. Where the hell's the rest of it? That's number seven. Where's number eight? That's it. What are you doing to us? Come on. What did Hunter do? Well, come on. Where is it? Oh, here we go. I guess it's populating weird. By 2020, by 2020, requests from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. One executive would write to another, quote, more to review from the Biden team. The reply would come back handled. So they're right from the Biden. And now remember, I don't know if anybody's paying attention to what's going on with Missouri v. Biden. Uh, Tracy has been covering it very, very well. That's how I learned all about it. And this is so related to all of that as far as the the federal government's relationship with any kind of uh, technology companies to go and impede on people's free speech, the whole CISA thing right there, um, uh, suppressing real news, all that stuff, and their claim that everything that we put, every keystroke that we put out into the internet is cognitive infrastructure that is uh, with, within their domain. So our thoughts, all that, it's their property. Um, celebrities and unknowns alike could be removed or uh, could be removed or reviewed at the behest of a political party. Incredible. Real James Woods. They're asking an additional report from the DNC. Stephen Luhan and James Woods, they're all, they're all getting freaked out about this stuff. Both parties had access to these tools. For instance, in 2020, requests from both the Trump White House and the Biden campaign were received and honored. However, this system wasn't balanced. It was based on contacts because Twitter was and is overwhelmingly staffed by people of one political orientation. There were more channels, more ways to complain open to the left, well, Democrats, than the right. The resulting slant in content moderation decisions is visible in the document you're about to read. However, it's also the assessment of multiple current and former high-level executives. Okay, there were more throat. Uh, there was more throat clearing about the process, but screw it. Let's jump forward. The Twitter files, part one. How and why Twitter blocked the Hunter Biden laptop story. On October fourteenth, twenty twenty, the New York Post published Biden's secret emails, an expose based on the contents of Hunter Biden's uh, abandoned laptop. Twitter took extraordinary steps to suppress the story, removing links and post, uh, posting warnings that it may be unsafe. They even blocked its transmission via direct message, a tool hitherto re reserved for extreme cases, uh, e.g. child pornography. White House spokeswoman Kaylee McEnany was locked out of her account for tweeting about the story, prompting a furious letter from Trump campaign staffer Mike Hahn, who seethed at least pretend to care for the next 20 days, he said. This led public uh, policy executive Carolyn Strom to send out a polite what the fuck clearly uh, query. Is that what it really means? WTF query? Several employees noted that there was tension between the comms and policy teams who had little or less control over moderation and the safety and trust teams. Strom's note returned the answer that the laptop story had been removed for violation of company's hacked materials policy. 
Although several sources recalling, uh, uh, recalled hearing about a general warning from federal law enforcement that summer, uh, th- uh, that summer about possible foreign hacks, there's no evidence that I've seen of any government involvement in the laptop story. In fact, that might have been the problem. The decision was made at the highest levels of the company, but without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey. With former head of legal policy and trust Vijaya Gade playing a key role. That's the one who went on Rogan that time with Tim Pool and was just a passive-aggressive nightmare steamroller motor mouth. Um, they just freelanced it. How uh, uh, they just freelanced it is how one former employee characterized the decision. Hacking was the excuse, but within a few hours, pretty much everyone realized that wasn't going to hold. But no one had the guts to reverse it. Let's see. Uh, you can see the confusion in the following lengthy exchange, which ends up uh, including Gade and former trust and safety chief Yul Roth. That's that's the real. He's a he's another real bastard. Comms official Trenton Kennedy writes: I'm struggling to understand the policy basis for marking this as unsafe. He said Trenton uh, says I'm struggling to understand the policy basis for making this unsafe, and I think the best explainability argument for this externally would be that we are waiting to understand if this story is the result of hacked materials. We'll face hard questions on this if we don't have some kind of solid reasoning for marking the link unsafe. And you know, there's just, as we know, it was very clear from the from the get go it was not hacked materials. We're talking about a uh, an actual brick and mortar. Uh, brick and mortar computer repair shop we're talking about physical we're talking about an abandoned laptop and and it's also a known quantity for a long time always remember ladies and gentlemen as we read on to this and no matter how many threads and how many volumes are published after tonight on this story because it seems like if there's that many thousands of uh of correspondences that they're that they're looking through this is not going to be a a very tightly nutshelled story it's going to be very expansive but always remember that beyond what these um, these these Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts at Twitter are trying to do to play their part in the in the in the game, um, you have dozens dozens of national security professionals, uh, both both employed and retired, coming out and lying about it being the result of Russian hacking or uh, Russian disinformation. They were this was a full court press to discredit and stuff it away, even though we know it was known to law enforcement for at least a year and a half. By this point, everyone knew this was fucked, said one former employee, but the response was essentially to err on the side of continuing to err. So just keep it up, just keep doing it. Former VP of Global Comms, Brandon Borman asked, can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy? i.e. as part of our approach to addressing potentially hacked materials, we are limiting visibility of related stories on Twitter while our investigation is ongoing. This is coming out a little piece by piece. I don't know why, but um, hold on. Let me see if I can get number 28 to pop up. Is this it? Okay, well, I mean, that is... uh, that's number that's 20 piece number 27 on this particular thread let me go back to Taby's his uh, no it's still just 27 so that's the last thing he put out right now it's a thing that is going piecemeal so I mean 
that's it. We're getting there. We're getting a lot of the inside baseball here, though. Um, I, I don't know. Obviously, it's just going to be more uh, confirmation confirmation for people like us. And, um, and then you have also... And then you have people like Sam Harris, who even in this in this uh, this this trove of emails that they're going through, and all of the company property on the correspondence of this particular issue, uh, unless there's a pile of dead bodies, even a pile of child's bodies. Remember, he said, even that wouldn't have stopped them from from voting Joe Biden. So this is really just going to be for our own edification, for our own validation, and who knows what can be done legally. Um, Remember what what uh, Judge Joe Brown said last night when I asked him, when you are Elon Musk, who has put, who was able to cobble together $44 billion worth of funding, and, um, and, and you inherit what is obviously an overpriced, as some people have, like Steve Bannon have, has uh, described it, a crime scene. When you inherit a crime scene, what kind of, what kind of uh, action can you take after the fact, after the deal's been closed? Uh, is there any way that you can go and sue? Who do you sue at that point? Where do you go for any kind of retribution or anything? And he said, well, pretty much, uh, I mean, fraud is fraud. If you find something like that going on, well, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is, but it's uh, it's sprawling and it's disgusting. It's pointedly uh, political. And the the tools that are available to people, and this is just really, this is just a... This is a mainstream website that people are using. Twitter is mainstream. You think about the tools that they have that we don't know about, or, or at least didn't know about, all the tools that we've learned about that there's even more to it that we don't know about, like Vault 7. The fact that every, every last thing that they told us over the last couple of years about Russia did that, Russia did this, and we also know that our completely politicized CIA and all of our federal law enforcement agencies who are, co- are completely politically pointed and, uh, and off balance and, uh, and working their own agenda, they have tools that can literally manufacture evidence to frame anyone on the earth digitally. Digital fingerprints for anyone. How the hell do you, how do you know? What, what, you know? So this is just the, to- the, the toy that they have made of Twitter. You know, so uh, that is installment number 27. So the tweets are coming out little by little, and maybe we will check back in in a little bit because there's nothing else that has followed up just yet. So Taby is taking a little bit of time and and making sure people savor this, I guess. All right. So, Matt, that's a little bit of what we have there. I'm still permanently banned from Twitter. He hasn't reinstated anybody yet. I don't know. I don't know. And and as Ron Paul said with this whole Kanye West thing because he was he uh he got suspended again last night. For what? He got suspended for 12 hours last night. The last it was the second to last tweet he went on a uh, Twitter rampage. And all bunch of stuff. It's just was every, it funny. Some stuff was funny. Some stuff was just I don't know. I, I it's funny. If I were to record myself in like late night sessions of just scrolling through Twitter when I'm done with everything and everybody's in bed and I just have a couple of minutes of eye strength left and I can't open up a book because I'll go, there's, I don't have the strength for it, but I'm just sitting there and I'm just seeing what the hell's going on. 
if I can have my face recorded as I'm scrolling through and seeing some of the worst <laughs> shit, some of the worst shit and some of the funniest shit, my facial expression is probably just, it, it, it's the same, it's like poker face. N- nothing surprises me or, or really throws me off. Sometimes I'll let out a little scoff, a little, <laughs> if it's funny, but even the stuff that everybody else screeches about, don't give a shit. I don't, he, the thing that got him kicked um, he put out, he said, let this be the last tweet that I'm remembered by. And he put out a, uh, a tweet of, of Elon Musk on the, the deck of some yacht. And he's just, uh, you know, he's just in swim trunks and he's really pasty and somebody's hosing him down and he just looks physically bad. You know, he's got an oddly shaped body. So he put that out at Elon Musk and Musk just replies. He says, no, that's fine. That's okay. And then the, another tweet before that was he put out this logo that was a marriage between the Star of David yeah, and the Swastika. Yeah, I saw that. You, sh- you showed us that last night. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. So that, <laughs> that got tweeted out there, and, he's, and then Elon Musk said, but this isn't okay. Yeah. And that's what he got 12 hours for. Now, I'm sorry, but uh, there, it's not a crime to post that. It's and not, if we're talking, he's lost his it, it's, it's really You want to read this? Let's actually go to, to Mark Dice. Let's go read. Let's watch a couple of minutes of Mark Dice, and um, and uh, and it's let's. Just funny how he's just saying everything. <laughs> it's just funny to me. I know. I, I, and this is only maybe about four minutes or so of this we'll watch, and it doesn't even do what was going on on Infowars yesterday for the a course of hours. The imitations. Um, he went on to. He started. I think he. I think at some point he thought that. Alex Jones was Joe Rogan. I think he called him Joe a couple of times. There was some, some couple of confusing things that happened last night. He's talking about the brain powder he's on. He tried to sell Alex Jones, a guy who sells nothing but brain powders, his own <laughs> brain powder. And, and, and you know, so I, it, it, that's just. And I know that a lot of people in the audience are the, are the same as me and you. Where as this is going on, we probably had more of. I was gas. I was chuckling more than I was gasping at things. Yeah, it's funny. It's I, funny. I just, whatever. It doesn't. But but it is very disturbing, and there are impacts for the the display itself. Um, you know the, how I receive something personally in the privacy of my own home is completely different how than how I will analyze its impact on a larger level. And I'd love to talk about that, see what you guys and gals mm. think, because um, I, I, here are the questions that I want the audience to answer. Is there anything, number one, this is outside of all this, is there anything at all that you believe should be made illegal to discuss, okay, uh, or, or inquire about or joke about? Put your personal feelings aside and, th- you know, think about the broader ramifications, but you let me know. I know that we there is a, a history of decency uh, laws and stuff like that in in this country, um, on the airwaves, the FCC. But that's more so about what you you know how you can describe something. Like there's there's dirty words that you can't say. It doesn't mean that you can't find a diplomatic way of having a conversation about one thing or another. Um, but um, you, you let me know. W- w- that's number one. Because everybody always talks about this idea of free speech absolutism. Uh, is it possible? Is it an oxymoron? And um, and I and it's funny because as for especially the people who screech about all this stuff, 
Whenever they talk about free speech absolutism in a way to make it that, oh, there's no such thing and we need to police speech because really they just want all the people they don't like to have less of a place to talk freely because uh, speech is not violence. There's, it is just not violence. Um, it, it's just funny to me because all of these things, we, we never actually get past the point in the conversation, in the discussion, in the in the debate, where we are talking about anything but purely subjective issues of whether or not a person thinks that something is in good or bad taste. Bad taste means absolutely nothing when it comes to the law. It means nothing. It means nothing. You know, um, throwing an object at somebody with the intent to harm or harassment, the point, you know, whatever. It, that, that's something completely different, um, you know, stalking. But this, you got to let me know about that because everybody's talking about free speech absolutism again. And in that respect, I actually think that this has been a, a, a good, has had good impact because um, it's, it's, it's making people flesh themselves out. It's good to see where people stand. You have to put your money where your mouth is right now. And, uh, and now we know exactly who is, um, who is too afraid to do anything worthwhile in a time when it's most uncomfortable to stand on principle about stuff, even if you don't like what people are talking about, or, and if you don't agree with them. It's okay to not like it. It's okay to, it's okay to disagree. So um, anyway, those are the questions I have for you guys. And you can call in at any time. And and was there anything subtle? Here's another thing I would like to ask of you. Was there anything subtle that you noticed about the InfoWars stream or anything that happened there that no one has been discussing that you noticed that you think was really interesting? You can call in about all those things. Right now, let's go to Mark Dice and let's watch a couple of minutes of what he said today. I'll put the mat down on the corner here. And here we go. It appears that Kanye West has been banned from Twitter. Originally, he was given a 12-hour suspension for some tweets, but now it looks like it's probably permanent, and I'll get into all of it. It all started when he had a completely off-the-rails, crazy, beyond-words interview with Alex Jones that was so stunning that it even made Alex Jones speechless, which is a first. And if you've been watching my channel for any amount of time, then you know that my analysis is usually very different from most conservatives, conservative YouTubers and social media personalities who are trying to get a job in conservative corporate media and often jump on the conservative chorus bandwagon by denouncing certain people. So you know that you're gonna get an honest and complete nuanced analysis here. Subscribe to my channel if you're new, by the way, because there's plenty more where this came from. So Kanye West, who goes by Yay now, joined Alex Jones in studio yesterday. Which I'm not, I, I he's Kanye. I, 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 whatever. I don't, uh, I don't care. But still, look at this. Look, just look. With the hood, the black hood, the sackcloth. And uh, it, it's, first I didn't know what the hell's going on. Um, and I said, oh boy. He's wearing a gimp mask a balenciaga luxury brand gimp mask that they probably sell for five hundred dollars 
But despite that, it started off good. He was talking about the dangers of the entertainment industry and denouncing pornography, promoting Christianity, and even cracked some Ben Shapiro jokes. I got some uh, jokes here from uh, Owen Benjamin that I want to read about Ben Shapiro. Hey, Candace Owens, unplug this robot before he runs his mouth. Um, ben Shapiro's cardio is picking up shackles. Uh, Shapiro. I guess he meant shekels. His... <laughs> what? Hold on, let's go back again. Oh, it's picking up shackles. Uh, Shapiro can tell how much change is in your pocket just from hearing a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Shapiro is just mad that Kyrie won't sign his basketball. Back to you, Alex. <laughs> it was it was bizarre. You know. I keep telling people how crazy my dreams are and how I go to sleep and, you know, the best night's sleep are the ones that I don't dream because all my dreams are always so bizarre. I felt right at home over here because this is pretty much what I see when I close my eyes every night and I go to bed. Just things that are inexplicable and random and, uh, and odd. Then things started to get weird. Here he is mocking Benjamin Netanyahu, the former prime minister of Israel, who... I think might have just got reelected. I'm Watch not him sure. snicker really like in between Israeli what he's saying. Because I'm an American. But I did see that Benjamin oh. Netanyahu denounced the now infamous dinner that Donald Trump had with Kanye West and friends last week. Ah. <laughs> I mean, this is, I'm in the twilight zone right now. Netanyahu, what do you have to say? What do you have to say to Alex Jones right now, Nick Fuentes and Ye? It was bad. It was bad for Trump to meet with Nick and Yay. Okay. I had no idea your voice is going to sound like that, Ned Yahoo. <laughs> Get it? He had a net and. Yeah, so see, the net and he had the Yoohoo uh, chocolate milk up there. And, uh, dude, I, I, here's another thing. It, I, I will give, I give Alex Jones a lot of credit because. Um, I always talk about the the tightrope that you walk when you're doing a live broadcast, and that was the highest of tightropes that you can walk. Um, of course, he can do it a little bit easier because, um, I mean, he, he's broadcasting from his own studio. The infrastructure is his. He's already been banned el everywhere else, and all of the radio affiliates he has are obviously smaller stations that have private owners, and they like Jones. So... Um, Whatever. And the other thing there, too, is that he already has a billion and a half dollars worth of fines hanging over his head. So what the fuck's the point? I thought it was trillion. It could be a trillion at this point. But um, here's the thing. If you wanted to keep Kanye in his seat for more than 20 minutes, Alex Jones, <laughs> he pulled it off. Not because he, And it's not because he didn't. it did not make him extremely uncomfortable at times and near speechless. Yeah. All yeah. right? So, um, but, um, yeah, that's... Uh, Let's, let's Alex go. Jones didn't know what the fuck to do. Well, you'll see. There's a couple of a couple of clips here. In a bottle of YooHoo chocolate milk, net and YooHoo. <laughs> okay, Kanye. But then things completely went off the rails. He did praise a certain historical German leader. Schwarzenegger said he loved Hitler. They gave him an award. I, I'm just saying, I don't like Nazis, and I don't like what some of the mafias are doing either. I like Hitler. <laughs> he it's went just the way he says it. I like Hitler. Just and then and that's when we said, "Oh boy, oh boy, here we go." It, it's almost like you know you're in the rowboat, and you realize what's that? What's that? What's that over? What's that over there? And you realize you're going toward a waterfall. He's like, "Oh shit, oh no, we can't get to. The, we can, we're going over. We're going over." 
that's what it was at this point. Throughout the interview, even when Alex Jones tried to help him clarify and walk back his comments mm -hmm. that that's not what he really meant, he kept doubling down. And <laughs> some people still insist that what he really meant was just like the Bible says to love your enemy, he's trying to be so Christ-like that he loves everyone. It doesn't matter. It was stupid. I don't think Hitler was a good guy. I See, and this was the, the greatest attempt for Alex to throw him a lifeline and mm -hmm. say, let's let me help you get back to shore a little bit here and uh, and uh, Kanye just said fuck your rope I don't want your rope I'm going farther out to sea I get the uh, the Hugo Boss uniforms amazing uh, but I they mean just because nice. you're in love with the design you're a designer can we just kind of say like you like the you like the uniforms but that's about no, it we we know I th there's a lot of things that I love about Hitler <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! It's, it's the love, the the way that he carried out the love. He, yeah, he's. I think he's just like he doesn't. He's just trolling. I I, I know it, it's definitely somebody that is has cut the umbilical cord, and I mean you can't do this. You can't do this for any other with with any inhibitions. You can't do something like this with any inhibitions. So there is no umbilical cord that is tethering him to anything at this point. Let's listen to that again. There's a lot of things that I love about Hitler. A lot of things. Even before this. And, and you see Nick Fuentes <laughs> going, <laughs> you know, and I don't know. He's, he's in the corner over there. And uh, Alex, Alex is just kind of like looking up at the sky like, oh, boy. Kanye <clears throat> was having a difficult time clearly articulating some of his concerns with the entertainment industry in previous interviews. And I'm not saying that to insult him. It's just a fact that some people have a hard time verbalizing the thoughts in an organized fashion and presenting the case that they would like to present. Kanye now, with making his Hitler comments, has completely overshadowed any of his legitimate concerns that he had about the entertainment industry and has forever tarnished his image in any of those issues. What he just did is gonna be used to further stigmatize discussing those issues or concerns at all. Everybody knows that there are certain issues regarding the entertainment industry and America's foreign policy that are like cultural quicksand. And when people start stepping into them, Things usually don't go very well. For yeah, well, I mean, th that was a, a nice little summary of what's going on, and I, I know, I know where where uh, Dice is going with that. You see, I, um, it's already hard enough to ask different pointed questions about history in a calm, carefully built up context kind of a way. But to say, I love Hitler, <laughs> while you're dressed like a suicide bomber on InfoWars is a pretty ham-fisted spectacle. And for the average Joe, whereas we can sit back and we can ask ourselves, do you think this is MK Ultra? Do you think this is something else? Is it, is it uh, you know, uh, edgy performance art? Most people, for the average Joe, this is just sacrilege. Um, and, uh, and 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 Nick Fuentes has this Grover Dill energy from from Christmas Story, just like a giggling toady, and it makes everything. Um, I, I I don't know. Now here's the thing, ladies and again, and this is part of the reason why I want to get some calls and, and ask you guys what you think. And I have already a few submissions of some uh, opinions. Psyops, they are mainly designed for the lowest common denominator in society. 
to the average Joe uh, that you shriek, you cringe, you shrink away when you hear the name Adolf Hitler. When that name is uttered, that's what happens. The average Joe, doctors are nearly infallible, okay? Now, you and I may not have been budged by the COVID propaganda, for example, for example, but it did not mean that we, uh, our lives were not affected by the hundreds of millions who were affected by it. So my question is, what is the purpose of the Kanye circus? You give me the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'd like to know about it. I got this one email in. I'm going to put this, the, the, the number up on screen, and then after the, the break at 8 o'clock, I'll go back to the Matt Taby uh, thread to see if there's anything else there. You call in 914-595-6953 and let me know what the hell is going on. And, and that's the other thing there, too. I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up. Um, an email from uh, Mike says, yes, Frank, I think that this was very legitimate and brilliant. His irony with the hood is part of black culture's ability to see through uh, uh, ability to see through bullshit. I watched for about an hour. Will they be rounded up or will they survive? He kept pointing out how Zionism controls all narratives on both sides. Germans who fought for Germany in World War II were not Nazis, but just regular German patriots. Love for sinners is a Christian message. He dressed that way to demonstrate uh, what, um, what alternative messages do to people. This is the last gasp before drowning in the deep state quicksand. Well, I mean... I saw a lot of that. It's a it's a Christian message, but that's the thing. Uh, as far as loving your neighbor, this uh, for the average Joe, this will hurt. This will go against, be used against Christians. And the major problem I see for that angle is that for a lot of people, and you're seeing the statistics now, there is a a, a big there's a rebirth, there's a rekindling of people's faith, especially after the last couple of years. But Jesus is not nearly as relevant in this country um, and uh, and around the world from more than a casual relationship. You know, uh, as I'm talking about devoutly relevant. You, you know, um, in the Catholic world, there's a, a, there's a, a term called cafeteria Catholics. Just, just you know, you know, uh, it's just not, that's not something that really resonates with a lot of people right now. And especially when you're talking about Israel and the Jews, and you're talking about uh, uh, conservative Christian population in the United States, the most the most uh, sought after voting block are evangelicals who are huge, huge, huge fans of the state of Israel, politically. Religiously, they believe that they're very, very tightly linked, and they're huge supporters wherever they go. So goes the uh, the evangelicals. So I don't know how this this um, really does anything to 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 cross paths with them. I don't know. But my thing here is that the most prominent god around here that people worship is the god of politics. And when you say something like this, yeah, you can look at this from a standpoint, and you can apply. You can apply Christian Christian messaging to it, and uh, and say, well, that's that's what this is really all about. What does the average Joe do? It's all emotional, and it's been built into people and groomed into people from the point that from the moment that we walked into uh, grade school. 
it's uh, it's it's just one of those things. Here's one from John Carroll I thought was really interesting, but let me take a call first. 418, you're on the air. What do you think? 418. Hey, is this quite frankly? Yes, it is. Who's this? Hi. Yeah, this is Randy. Hey, Randy, go ahead. So, yeah, if you look at who's, uh, who's in the cast there, you've got four men who have lost everything, okay? Alex, and I put Milo on that stage with Ye as well, and Nick Fuentes, they've been deplatformed, billions of dollars taken away from them. Kanye lost $2 billion in one day. So these are all men and with who lost incredible Ye's marriage on top of that, his family. So well, there's nothing more dangerous than people who have nothing to lose. So what I think is happening here, what we were all witnessing on InfoWars last night, was the unconscious revenge and this had a tone of accelerationism. It's accelerationist performance art at its essence. These are, this is an unconscious revenge plot on the system that's stripped these men, for, they, they've been stripped of everything that they have. So I think they've lost faith in the system. It can't be reformed after 2020 especially, so the last resort is to burn it down and accelerate the next chapter be it civil war or whatever. I think that's what we saw last night. Oh, okay, well then, here, you know, now what you just saw, now what you just said there is something really interesting as it ties into the bigger questions about censorship on the internet. Because when we when we talk about, uh, when we say, well, you know, th th these are just ideas as unsavory as they may be for some people, they aren't violence. And what you're saying is that this is an attempt to accelerate us into some kind of a physical confrontation? It, uh, well, I think it's a nihilist gesture that reflects that the system is no longer viable and it's no longer affordable. Politics is not an option, and the, the, the philosophy of accelerationism is that it's better to burn this system down when there's no hope for political reform and create something new down the road. So it's ultimately a, a philosophy of political violence uh, that that is a necessity when the system, uh, the, the, let's see, the voting system, the demo democratic system has been weaponized and, and it's, it's essentially hopeless. Randy, uh, one last question. I really appreciate your call here. What do you, what, what, how have you read the whole situation? Um, because of course, what, what culminated with that InfoWars, um, with the InfoWars uh, show yesterday began a couple of days. Well, I mean, we've been following the Kanye thing for about two months now because it's it started off MK Ultra and just calling out the, the the Matrix and all that stuff. And am I on a speakerphone right now? Yes. Okay, you gotta get me off because I hear the feedback. I'll, I'll take you off there. Okay. Um, okay, you're off speaker. Great. Um, so. What started, uh, but uh, you know, a couple of months ago with with Kanye and the bigger questions about Hollywood and the Matrix and all that stuff. But I think that this particular chapter of this latest this latest story of his own deprogramming and you know digging himself out of wherever he had been placed by his handlers and all that other stuff. Uh, it really started a couple of days before Thanksgiving in Mar-a-Lago, and there's a lot of different theories as to why they were there, why it was uh, a trap to be sprung on Trump. What, what do you think about the whole Donald Trump play here? Is it, was it meant to mainly hurt him? Obviously, uh, obviously, Kanye says that he's a 2024 candidate. 
can't be very serious about that. There's no way in hell that's going to happen, um, especially now. Um, so what, what, what do you think is, uh, is going on there? I think Kanye's kind of a Trojan horse, and guys like Fuentes and Milo are, are using uh, Kanye because he's so damaged to get into Mar-a-Lago and to sort of get onto the the, the he, they're using Kanye's uh, or sorry Ye's uh, status as a celebrity to uh, make uh, make their entrance onto the the bigger scene. Okay, okay, that's okay. And it's, so is that where the uh, the revenge the revenge stuff comes in? Because I heard a lot of people saying that Milo exactly. wanted revenge. Okay, well, Randy, uh, Gra- I, I think I think Ye's being puppeteered by by Milo and Fuentes and other accelerationist forces behind the scene. I think Ye's being manipulated to a certain extent because uh, he's been through a lot of perhaps MK Ultra programming. We know about his personal trainer Harley Pasternak, and uh, he's he's really damaged goods. So he's he's extremely vulnerable, and celebrity is a precious commodity that I think is being manipulated. Well, Randy, great call. Um, I, uh, I I appreciate your your sharing your thoughts with us, and I have you stored in here. So next time you you want to comment i'll be uh, looking out for you not only that but if you ever hear anything that we talk about on the show and you wanted to put your two cents in never forget to email if you can't get through on any given night so that that'd be great i'd love that frank i love your show bless you man thank you randy have a good one all right let's see oh let's see what king has to say about all this hey what's happening hey what's going on i'm officially a fan of Kanye? That was hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. I knew you would be. That was, oh, it's fucking hilarious. It was fucking hilarious. I, I was pissing my fucking pants. Let me tell you what my interpretation of that was, okay? Okay. With his all of his Hitler references. We have an attack in this country on free speech, okay? People are literally losing their lives over what they say in this country. Now, Hitler in Germany, what did he do? He silenced people that disagreed with him, which is what is going on right now in this country. People that don't agree with the regime are silenced and sometimes lose their lives over what they say. Was that his intention? I don't know. I'm saying that's my interpretation because the First Amendment allows free speech, even the most offensive speech is allowed under the First Amendment. So my interpretation is this guy went way over the top with the most offensive speech to defend our First Amendment rights. At the very basis of it, I can see I can see what you're saying. I mean, that's that's just a uh, hell. What did what did Ron? I'm Paul not saying say? that was his intent. I'm no. saying that's my interpretation. It, 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 it's valid. It's very very valid. I, I I think Ron Paul said it best once. He said that the First Amendment wasn't written so that we can discuss the weather. 
you know it was uh it's it's true it's there's it's about it's about doing talking about things that that otherwise uh, would be uncomfortable, and you have to be able to say those things, or else we don't have a free society anymore. Because here's the thing, King, I think everybody out there knows as well, uh, it's not so much that they're, oh, well, if we don't have rules, and if we don't have consequences, then what the hell is there going to, to, to be stopping people from saying even worse shit? Well, who cares, number one. Number two, if they're saying yeah. something that is without merit, then, then it's, it should be easy to pick them apart. Number three, Every, everybody only has one reputation that they're born with, and they have to be able to manage it throughout their entire lives. And if you get something wrong, or if you are just out of line, then you got to live with that, and you have to try, and you have to make amends with that. I mean, this uh, everything in life. There's a give and take, and people don't forget. Uh, people for, uh, tend to forget that there's a, uh, a free market, even of ideas out there that you have to compete in. And uh, it's uh, it, you carry a great weight when you have to go out there and make controversial conversation because you. Better be ready to defend your position. There you go, Frankie. I think whether or not that was his intent, that was my takeaway. But at the end of the day, everybody should look around and see what's happening in this country right now. And people are being silenced simply over opinions and words. That is a scary time in this country, and that should not be allowed to happen. People should not be silenced, their livelihoods taken away, or even their lives simply over an opinion. You're right. You are right. Wow. You're that right. was my takeaway. Hey, yeah, I know. I know. I, 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 brought on, I brought on people to this show as guests that I knew. The, uh, their opinions on how things uh, things are going and how they're going to go is going to ruffle some feathers out there or or whatever, especially when it's opinions on race or religion or uh, anything like that. And it's just uh, that in itself is an exercise that I give for myself to just to sit down and listen to people who are just on another page than I am and to be okay with that. So it's a we, we have to we have to get better with this. I couldn't stop laughing though. I was pissing my fucking pants. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I thought I, it was fucking great. It was. It really was you a gas. You know I was. You know I was pissing my pants laughing. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I was laughing through my teeth sometimes because I knew, oh boy, this is going to be. I knew that this was going to be parsed up, and it was going to be analyzed from ten thousand different perspectives for years to come. Because because it's not even just about the the historical stuff that he's he's bringing up and he's trying to say and all that stuff. And as Mark Dice said, you know, he had some hard times articulating things, so he leaves it up to other people to interpret what he may have meant. So that that leaves a lot of room for uh, for error uh, right in itself. But other than that, there's so many psychological things are going on. The way he's dressing, the props that he picked up just to speak on behalf of Benjamin Netanyahu. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, fucking great! Oh my god. God, the props. <laughs> that was, and you want to know what? It was completely appropriate for the crazy times we're living in right now. I'm I'm glad you said completely that much. Completely appropriate. I'm glad you said that much because it was like holding up a mirror to society. It's it it, it, it correct. Yeah, it's a holding up a mirror to the entire damn thing. Well, King, thanks for the call. Yes, sir. All right, there you go. That's the last call before the break. I like that we have a lot of calls coming in. Uh, we're going to get a, a lot of your uh, more of this in because I have some great 
stuff. Albert, Big Wahoo, a few other people are calling in. We'll do that in just a second. We got Matt here, and we're going on an intermission. Become a sponsor of the show, of the network, and everything else. We'll be right back. Oh, and also, it's Christmas time. The P.O. Box is on the Sponsor Us tab on quitefrankly.tv. Me and Lauren uh, are very adamant. We bought a lot of postage stamps, and we're making our family uh, postcard and all that stuff. So we try to get that out to at least everybody who sends us a, uh, a holiday card, too. So um, if you wanted to send something over to the P.O. Box and all that, just remember, we really love this time of year. And uh, even when we're buried underneath mail, so much mail from around the world, it's it's really heartwarming. And um, don't leave us out. We love all that stuff. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Quite frankly. 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 Quite Quite frankly. 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 Quite so everybody watch, quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Come. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gents. A good one indeed. I've got a lot of great things that are coming in on the Super Chats. And I want to read you a, a, a short thread by Anomaly, who was on the show this week. 11 minutes ago, Stosoup says, Great Friday night, Frank and Matt. Great weekend, gents. Matt, Bob and Weave then uppercut that damn wolf. Bite him in the neck when he least expects it. I got your back. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. If you connect with an uppercut while the wolf's mouth is open, the impact, it'll knock it out. Right. That's what I would do. The dude I worked with told some bullshit story like that. He said the wolf chased him, or a coyote, 
and then he turned around and right when he turned around it was in the air and he just threw a punch and it knocked it out it was on a day i called out oh, of course on the day that you call out is the day that you miss somebody knocking out yeah. a wolf in one punch the guy i used to work for not the one now was he a crackhead no uh, I want to thank Patriot Angie for Liberty on Rockfin from yesterday. I did not see her tip in time, and I just wrote that down. Thank you, Patriot Angie, as always. On to our uh, friends on Foxhole. There we go. Sean Joe, thank you. Rook Castle says, tell Matt I'm wearing my Mountains Are Calling Lake George. The Mountains Are Calling Lake George sweatshirt here in Dirty Jers. Much love, fam. I have that sweatshirt. I think that's why I have blue. I love that you are covering this and I can watch live, says Cave Toad. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Cave Toad. I'm glad you're out there and hanging out. River Pike, thank you. Stickman Freediver, thank you. Rook Castle, I heard that Sean Puffy Combs uh, uh, helped financially, helped Elon acquire Twitter. Isn't his name Love now? Love. A-O-A-K-A, Love. Yeah, yeah. Love I heard about Diddy. that. Uh, Jesse says, thank you, Frank. Falculon says, keep the coverage of this Twitter thread as the night goes on. Uh, Frank, if you ever want to do Latin Mass here in Jersey, reach out. We'll do. I've never been to a Latin Mass, and I, that, I, I looked it up. That's just, I would have to go as far as Jersey to do that, because there's nothing around here. I looked into it before. Stickman Freediver, is that a fat bag of weed on Max, Matt's desk? No, it's not. No, it's not. Cave Toad says, hiya, Matt. This is epic. Woo-hoo. Thank you. Thank you. A fleet. My gosh. You guys are just so good. I'm going to go to the Matt Taby thing real quick because they have a few more updates. We started with 27 from Matt Taby about the Hunter Biden laptop and the Twitter suppression story. It's up to 36. So here we go. And then I'm going to go to a little bit more. Former VP of Global Comms, Brandon Borman, asks, can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy? To which former Deputy General Counsel Jim Baker again seemed to advise staying the non-course because caution is warranted. Yeah, caution is warranted. That's the great, greatest way of saying, listen, uh, this is going to really damage us, and I can't tell you that right out, so let's just uh, be cautious about it all. So that's James Baker. A fundamental problem with the tech companies and content moderation, many people in charge of speech uh, the speech, know and care little about speech and have to be told the basics by outsiders. To wit, in one humorous exchange on day one, Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna reaches out to Gade, that's uh, Vijaya at Twitter, to gently suggest she hop on the phone to talk about the backlash regarding speech. Khanna was the only Democratic official I could find in the files who expressed concern. So that's that's important. Gotti replies quickly, immediately diving into the weeds of Twitter policy, unaware Kana is more worried about the Bill of Rights. She says, Hi, Congressman Kana. Thank you for reaching out, and we appreciate the heads up. We put out a clarifying thread of tweets earlier this evening to explain our policy around the posting of private information and linking directly to hacked materials. It wasn't hacked. The press secretary's account was not permanently suspended. We requested that she delete the tweet containing material that is in violation of our rules, and her account is restricted until she complies. She represents the President of the United States. 
she represents the president of the United States, the White House. I'd be happy to jump on the phone if helpful. My team in DC, Jessica and Lauren. Oh, thank God, the Powerpuff Girls are all there ready to tackle the world. <laughs> are copied here and also available to discuss. So, it's about the, 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 the Bill of Rights, you're right. Kind of tries to reroute the conversation to the First Amendment, mention of which is generally hard to find in the files. Within a day, head of public policy Lauren Culberson receives a ghastly letter report from Carl Zabo of the research firm NetChoice, which had polled 12 members of Congress, nine Republicans, three Democrats, from the House Judiciary Committee to Representative uh, Judy Chu's office. NetChoice lets Twitter know a bloodbath awaits in upcoming Hill hearings, with members saying it's a tipping point, complaining tech has grown so big that they can't even regulate themselves, so government may need to intervene. Zabo reports to Twitter that some Hill figures are characterizing the laptop story as tech's access Hollywood moment. Uh. And Twitter files continue. The First Amendment isn't absolute. Zabo's letter contains chilling map passages relaying Democratic lawmakers' attitudes. They want more moderation. As far as the Bill of Rights, it's not absolute. Whoa, my God. The Democrat here. Dem Democrats, meanwhile, complain that complain companies are inept. They let conservatives muddy the water and make the Biden campaign look corrupt, even though Biden is innocent. They link this to Hillary Clinton's email scandal. She did nothing wrong, but because the press wouldn't let the story go, it became a scandal far out of proportion. You know, I love how uh, everybody's uh, idea is because we were able to see somebody did. I mean, there is no doubt about it. Hillary Clinton violated the Espionage <laughs> Act at least how, how many dozens of times. And then the fact that all that stuff, all the stuff that she was doing incorrectly from private email on her off time, in an unsecured way, was then synced onto the laptop of a sex offender. Mm -hmm. It was, I mean, that should just be double the, the, the time. Every last one of those emails, what we're talking about, beyond top secret, and still here they are because they own the system and because she was never going to face any punishment for it, it means that it never happened. You see, you only did something if you were punished for it. <clears throat> So all you got to do is be able to levy a punishment and you were guilty. She did nothing wrong, but the press wouldn't let the story go because it was a story that went on. Uh, it's a story that, that had no conclusion. And there's a criminal on the loose to this day. In their mind, social media is doing the same thing. It doesn't moderate enough harmful content. So when it does, like it did yesterday, it becomes a story. If the companies moderate more, conservatives wouldn't even think to use social media for disinformation, misinformation, or otherwise. The Democrats were in agreement. Social media needs to moderate more because they're corrupting democracy and making all the truth, quote unquote, truth relative. When, push, uh, when pushed on how the government might insist on that, consistent with the First Amendment, they demurred the First Amendment isn't absolute. And, uh, I mean, they're just, they're just straight-up tyrants on every level. That's, the, that's number 36. There's more coming out. By the time this, uh, this episode ends, we won't be through this thread, no doubt about it, just because of the volume of work that he's talking about. But still, I just wanted to keep that up to date. All right. Don Kedick says, Tim and Alex are... <laughs> Tim and Alex, that's the first one we've had in a while like that. 
are probably mockingbird projects and this whole yay thing is a psyop and after hearing tracy today it's working masterfully this is my first super chat to any show ever you're killing it bro thank you don thank you so much yeah i know tracy was very very uncomfortable uh talking about it because i would you know because i mean i'll get into it what kanye's doing is a circus but the fact that there aren't some really good conversations worthwhile having inside of all the stuff he was saying you know the fact that we have been raised to be knee-jerk phobic of the name hitler that there was nothing that was done in an objectively good way to rebuild portions of of europe that was absolutely flattened by world war one the fact that he was able to do some of that stuff and and this is stuff that is separate from mass murder okay or eugenics because you you cannot paint the nazis especially the uh, the uh the real um the brain trust there you cannot paint them as anything other than everything that we cr- criticize as the worst you know uh genetically genetic genetically modifying group of uh of psychopaths but i mean you jeez i mean there's a lot there we'll we'll get to it but it's a very uncomfortable thing and that's what keeps everybody in orbit and you just do not want to touch certain fences thinking that they're going to be electrified um so um yeah let me get to this one thing here this is from anomaly anomaly said the following Despite not being that bad of a president and literally going out of his way to do things for other racial groups, and that's, that's, that's very true right there, um, Trump will probably be written into history books as a supervillain, and, worse things he did dur- and uh, the worst things he did during the communist COVID era will be deemed as his accomplishments. Uh, they will be. Uh, they will still call him racist in the history books. I'm sure they will probably consider his movement somewhat fascist, except for the part where the country went full blown authoritarian for big pharma. I'm sure that will be the good part, and he uh, and he should have locked down even harder. They'll say. I also don't think the right wingers who liked him would write about his term fairly or honestly. Few people in America could do it objectively and accurately. That's all I'm saying. I don't have a huge ego about history because of how much they have been lying about the president. And it's a great point. It's a great point. Because it should make you wonder, or at least, you know, I mean, it should make you wonder. With the way that history went down, wonder about what is it? You know, what's separated, what's separate from how we were taught and how we were, you know, influenced to think about any number of major events in history. Now, I mean, first of all, let's just, let's put some things out there. Um, Here's some thoughts for you. Our government went out of the way to make sure that every generation of American children felt nothing but blinding hatred for the, the, the word Hitler and the Nazis. Just like there's only one pure, blindingly emotional uh, a way that people react to hearing the Confederacy and any, any reference to the antebellum South, all right? And yet what we have, or while all this is being done, while we have been taught about one way or another how to see these powers and, and, and what was going on and, and how everybody fought and why they fought and all that stuff, um, that same government 
that's teaching this and endorsing these 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 versions of history they were being branded uh, they were out there immediately after the war and they were allying themselves with stay behind nazi factions uh in europe under operation gladio that's the first thing that they did and then we hired we brought over pretty much the entire brain trust of the nazi war machine under paperclip mm-hmm you know, not to mention how uh, uh, how many uh, American corporations and big banks funded both sides of those wars, including the work camp. After World War One, World War One is why is is the thing, the conflict that you go and you read somebody like Smedley Butler's book, War is a Racket. Um, I mean, it's all the same thing, all the same players, and a lot of it carried over into World War Two. But just, I mean, you gotta you gotta start reading. You gotta start reading a lot of this stuff. You know, you had, uh, I mean, I'm a, I don't know, from from IBM to IG Farben and Bayer and Coca-Cola. We already were talking about VW and all that stuff. I mean, there's just so much. The DuPonts, the Fords, the Bushes. There, there's there's so much going on there. It asks, It begs a lot of questions. A lot of questions. It at least starts breaking up that whole idea that everything that we know about the world, especially the world wars, which remade the world, we it was of the most violent birth into a new age. We we came away from traditional Western society in America and in Europe, and it was just bludgeoned to death in this most violent birth into this new world, because the the world wars were about beating us into into creating international government conglomerate congresses they didn't get us into the league of nations so they needed something to get us into the united nations afterwards so that's all going on it's always very opportunistic and you know it only seems that the that the ones who are allowed any flexibility to ask questions like or uh, is uh, is not allowed to ask any uh, questions like this is you and i you know the japanese the Japanese killed millions more Chinese than the Nazis killed Jews. And then when the war was over, our commie-infested State Department went out of their way to make sure that Mao was the new boss in China, which led to 100 million more Chinese deaths, Chinese people massacred. So I, I start thinking of stuff like that, and I wonder why in the hierarchy of arch-villains, how is it that Hitler always comes out on top? <laughs> how does it... When you think about the death we're responsible for alone. So it's not to say, this is not to say that Hitler was a good, wholesome man and we should rethink him as, you know, whatever. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't wash away the fact what he was, uh, you know, what he was behind the helm of. It's just that uh, maybe it's a little bit, oh, we're, we've been completely taken away from any kind of objectivity where we thought there may have been none. That's that's the thing that gets me. I don't know how the hell he's always at the number one of arch villains when you think about what our own uh, gallivanting around the world has done to people. And th- and then we have how many times we have those talks about Hitler's success um, not being possible without the sponsorship of American corporate giants. Always talk about that. You know, the Associated Press even did a lot of uh, a lot of appeasing of Hitler. The Associated Press was was one of the only uh, news organizations that were able to uh, operate inside of Germany because they agreed to fire all their local Jewish writers and play game and stuff like that. And now and now they're the ones calling elections in America all these years later, still doing it. So there, there's a lot. 
there should be a lot that makes people ask questions. Uh, okay, <clears throat> let's go to a, a, an email that came in. This is from John Carroll. And uh, Anthony just joined us here too. We're going back to the Kanye Alex Jones thing. And we're taking, oh, we're taking calls. But here's from John Carroll. <clears throat> Remember when Kanye showed that infographic, Frank, of all the media CEOs with the Jewish names highlighted in red? It was early on in this episode, and he was just casually talking about it in a parking lot. Something about it seems to be, something about this seems not to be genuine, and my spidey senses went off. I had a feeling in my gut that he was acting. It's the same feeling I get when I read bits of fake white supremacist manifestos that come out. I, uh, a question for Kanye, if you ever get to interview him, what exactly is your plan? To start red-pilling everyone and then just see what happens? If I were in his position, I would go, I would follow up everything I'm saying with, you need to get these people out of your life, you need to boycott their products, throw out your television, you're being manipulated, you are in danger. Everyone is just so caught up in the fact that he's engaged in the ultimate taboo, and it is, <clears throat> that's true. Everyone is caught up in the fact that he's engaged in the ultimate taboo, that they aren't considering the specifics of how this needs to play out for us to win a meaningful victory. It feels like we're in the Capitol on January 6th again, right before they sprung the trap. It feels like he's using the Jews as a red herring to distract from the actual deep state apparatus that's behind the daily psyops. Michael Hastings wasn't killed for getting too close to the Jews. Great point. Then there's everything else to consider in the Reese report, Greg Reese, that you posted on Telegram earlier. The quote that stuck out to me was how we all still give our power and attention to celebrities and they'll keep using them to hurt us. The most important thing to tell the audience is to continue to use their discernment. Nothing has actually changed except the giant NPC amoeba has new buzzwords in its mouth. Yeah, yeah, and in that, in that, that Greg Reese thing there too, uh, John, that Greg Reese video too, not for nothing, but the Balenciaga, I know that that was another thing that he was saying after he got off the air with Alex Jones when he was tweeting. That he was saying that he even loved Balenciaga, that, you know, in all their all their problems, uh, he said that there's grandparents that live there, that, that, that work there. People are not in, that are not in, engaged or in any way, shape or form um, a part of all of the, the marketing. But he modeled their stuff for a long time. The only reason why I know what Balenciaga is because Kanye West uh, was talking about how they dropped him back in October. It was like a week before Halloween when it, when he started getting himself into trouble and he and he wiped out a lot of his business. But still, yeah, I, and I'm also not surprised to anyone who has spent as much time living in Hollywood at the level that he has uh, could be possibly operating on the fringes of sanity right now. You know, when Martin Lawrence went off you know, went crazy and all that stuff. Dave Chappelle talks about it from time to time. Whenever we get those stories, I, you know, it's, I, I, my first instinct is not to laugh. It's to say, wow, it did, it must really take a toll. Let's take a, Mr. Smith, you're on the air. What do you think? Hey, I was just calling to let you know, I ordered a couple of lefty cigars. Nice. And those are awesome. Oh, oh, you and tried them already. They're awesome. Good. Yes. I bought two of them already. Good. And to give you a little, uh, a little uh, tip on what's going on with the Kanye thing, just think that dinner that Trump had with him, that was the dinner saying, hey, 
I need somebody to be the left hand while I'm the right hand doing something. So Trump, and I think is helping out with uh, the Brandon case, or not Brandon, uh, Bronson case in the Supreme Court. Now, they need to keep that out of the limelight because that court case is set up for January 6th of next year, and it's going to throw out Biden, Harris, and about 380 senators and representatives. Wait, you think that this case is going to is going to remove uh, that many people from their current posts? Right, because they did a procedural uh, mess up. This guy, wait, wait, wait Mr. They, Mr. Smith, can you can you very quickly put into a nutshell for people who don't know what the basis of the case is? Well, the basis of the case is is uh, when they brought up fraudulent. Uh, accusations about something things were going wrong with the case in uh, the 2020 election yeah they were supposed to have 10 days to be able to go and do uh, research and find out if there was anything wrong well they didn't do those 10 days they just said no and they voted in the Congress to not go ahead and research on those 10 days now when they do that they are not uh, following their uh, oath of office so if that's the case, they can be terminated immediately and never can be in office again. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I, 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 we'll see. I mean, that's going BCP is doing a big uh, report on this so far. So I, I should get him on. Get him on the show. Get him on the show. And then he'll really get into the details on it. Yeah, I'll get him on, and I'll because I, I just reached out to him again yesterday, and I'll see if I can get him on soon and talk about this. Thank you for the call, Mr. Smith. Um, that's something. Uh, I, I uh, me, um, I do. I see a situation in which all of a sudden, on in January of 2023, uh, the headlines are oh oh by yeah you know what uh, there was just we have to we have to get rid of most of Congress and the president is no longer president anymore. Trump, Trump is president. I. It's not gonna happen. I just, I don't see how I don't see change. how that's the result. I'd be interested to see what the the court case is about and what what may happen one way or another. But I don't know any situation where that's possible. Uh, Albert, what's going on, Albert? Frank. Yo. <laughs> Kanye, dude, totally super badass. Okay. That dude. Is- that dude was so badass, and the people, you know, the whole thing where they're where he's joking and talking to that fucking net and, and that was cute net in Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the, the only people that don't think that's uh, not funny is people that don't get it. And the thing is, is that's the problem. And and you know, Mark Dice is like dogging on this dude. Oh well, he shouldn't, and he fucking did this, and he did that. You know, how we support people, and I'm saying this from the attitude, like, if Kanye is for real, because I'm not convinced that this whole thing is in the PSYOP yet, but I'm taking the stand right now that he's for real. You know, Mark Dice is a fucking Zionist show, as far as I'm concerned, because he could have, if that was the truth, and he's a true patriot and all that, he ought to know that Kanye's fucked up and he ate the sharpest knife in the drawer. Right now, he's kind of like, and something that nobody's pointed out today 
is he apologized. He's like, he kept apologizing. Oh, I don't know this. I don't know this. He's like, he doesn't know. And he's being honest about it as it occurs to me. I haven't finished watching the whole thing yet, but he's being honest about it. You, you know, there's actual videos. I mean, actual videos that you can go look up of Netanyahu saying that he's got the United States in his fucking pocket. Okay. And that's not okay. And, and, Hooray to fucking yay for fucking standing up and having a pair of balls, even though he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And, you know, you got to take that. The fact that he took a step from where he's at, okay, knowing he's fucked up, that says something to me. And having fucking Mark Dice out there talking about, oh, well, who, who fucking made Mark Dice the, the lord of what we can fucking what what's okay and what's not it's people like that projecting that shit out there instead of lifting these people up and giving them space alex jones was fucking losing his shit too alex jones probably thought oh, i'm going to control this guy you know i'm going to do this and that alex jones has been a show forever and that's not okay either and once people start moving out of that paradigm I think that's when something is going to happen. But I give respect to the guy, if in fact he's being for real. Well, you get what I'm saying. Well, the, well, and, and and thank you for the call, I, uh, Albert. I would say my only thing, and, and I'm not, I'm not here. I didn't, um, I'm, I'm not going to like go in defending uh, Mark Dice. If you think that there, that's like the one of the bigger problems there. No, but, no, but no, no, I just, I just what, wanted to get that out. No, there. no, I, I get it, but I, I don't think that from what the way I watched that video, I think that uh, Mark Dice was was coming at it from a little bit point of view of, I mean, if you wanted to start a conversation, if you wanted to touch on that that taboo, especially since it is coming from like the one thing that came out of the, the Tim Cast thing in a couple of minutes that he was there, it was. Um, it was the fact that he told Tim, when Tim said, well, in my opinion, and he tried to tell me what his opinion was on the thing, and uh, Kanye just said, I didn't ask your opinion. This is, I'm telling a story about per, from personal experience. Yeah, well, experience. that's not cool. That's not cool, and I agree with you. That's not cool, but what I'm saying is no, no, no. all well, I was okay, speaking well, of is from what I heard I get off you. of that show. I get you. Now, if I'm going to, uh, let me try to, uh, thank you for the call. Let me try to respond to you. Uh, what I'm saying is that if you're talking, if you're from coming from a personal story that you want to tell, and you know what, it's going to ruffle some feathers because all the people that were involved were true. And if you're going to say, uh, if you're going to say that, well, this is the the motivation and the collusion that that was going on, and I've seen it happening at higher and higher levels and whatever, then you go out there and you say it. What Mark Dice was saying is at this point. You know, you tell a little bit of jokes. You're out there. You're you're dressing a little erratically. You're talking about uh, a message about bringing people back to uh, Christ, and you're talking about the dangers of pornography and all this other stuff. Then there, that then that's one thing. But you cause a lot more problems optically. And you remember, you said, "I'm not sure that this is not all just a big psyop or not." You then you have to also put yourself in your in position. You have to strip yourself of ego here and realize what kind of a minority of people we are that are able to take a look at this stuff, dig into it, not be super uh, offended by it. And we already have an alternate point of view from most of those who are in that normie class of people, all right? We are a minority. 
So when you talk about psyops and you talk about who's based and who isn't and and who is uh, you know who, who took a big step here and there, it, it, some of that stuff when we are looking at it from our standpoint is actually a a bigger picture couple of steps backwards because the perception we have is completely skewed from what all the people around us are like i said before most of us by late spring of 2020 knew what kind of an operation was being sprung on us for the whole covid thing they were they were they were they were modifying human behavior they were testing us for compliance in all ways shape or forms and obedience and they were already by April talking about how is this going to affect the November election? Better start mailing our ballots in. All this shit was happening real quick, all right? And though most of us started noticing it early on, it did not mean that even though we were in the know and were already suspicious that our lives weren't affected because tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people around us do not know and just took it hook, line, and sinker. We're affected by that kind of stuff. So when you look about the, you look at way the, the way that all of this is presented to a um, a larger audience, and it became a spectacle that drew everybody in. You know, most people only watched twenty seconds, twenty seconds or less, and heard something that is so outside of the box of what they have been taught since they were in kindergarten that they're lost. And it, and it creates infighting where we are, regardless of how deep down the rabbit hole you've gone. And that's where I come from, not because I'm afraid of the topics of conversation here, but when you're talking about what comes next and what was the victory, who uh, made out better than others and who was damaged more than others, that's the question I ask about, about with, with the, uh, the PSYOP, if it is in fact an op, and everything is. So that's what I ask. So I, I don't I don't come down on Mark Dice for 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 actually seeing that as the bigger question to be answered, because it's uh, and, and 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 what Randy had said the first call we had tonight is also another thing. You have four people between Milo, Alex Jones, that uh, Nick Fuentes and and Kanye who have nothing left to lose. They've they've already been pushed to the fringes of the internet. They have to make up their own tele their own. Uh, their own websites to be to be seen and um and yeah i mean that's whatever but um there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there all right uh let's take some more call 837 you know what we're gonna go on a really quick break we'll come back we'll take a couple more calls and and just uh flatten this out a bit we will be right back we are now entering the hall of stereotypes these wax figures represent how some intolerant people have labeled minorities here we see a black person eating chicken and watermelon, a stereotype that hurts the African-American community. What other stereotypes do you see here? Ah, here's the Arab as a terrorist. That's right, but of course we know that not all Arabs are terrorists, don't we, kids? Well, there's an Asian man with a calculator. That's right. Not all stereotypes are negative, but even a positive one like all Asians are good at math is harmful to society. Look, a covetous Jew! Very good, young man. The idea that Jews are only interested in money is very old indeed. Ah, here's a good one. It's the stereotypical sleepy Mexican. Well, what? Oh, man, what time is it? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were a wax sculpture. No, man, I'm the janitor. I'm supposed to be cleaning, but I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so sleepy. I love QFTV. Yeah. Yep, you're cool. What's up? I love QFTV. Yeah. Yep, you're cool. Uh, what's QFTV? Did you say what's QFTV? Miss, you gonna need to go over there and watch QFTV Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, right after, quite frankly. Yeah. 
definitely cool. Only on quitefrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. From Time Life Music comes a one-of-a-kind Rat Pack collection, their most bigoted songs. All your favorite once-acceptable hits like Drunk Old Engine. The drunk old engine squatting in his teepee by a water keeping him warm. Jewish nose. She's got a big, beautiful Jewish nose, and it's there two minutes early wherever she goes. Dean Martin singing Chinaman's Chance. And Mr. Chinaman saying his Chinaman way. A ding a ling a ching a chong a ching a chong choo. Phew, stinky Frenchman. Paris is lovely and Nice sure is nice. And Marseille is charming with champagne on ice. But you stinky Frenchmen haven't a clue. Pew stinky Frenchmen, frog you. Hey there, fruity. Hey there, fruity, you can do my hair. Hey there, fruity, don't touch me down there. Hey there, fruity, again, I don't approve. And many more. I hit the wrong thing. Well, welcome back. Uh, just that's all screwed. Well, yes. Oh, and just to say, where I was going with that, four people who have really had so much taken from them, you know, nothing left to lose, kind of a thing. Uh, it's not, it, that in itself isn't isn't just a isn't like a qualifier. Oh, so this must be an op. It must be a sabotage th sabotage thing. It just might be where they're at. Or they're willing to throw a bat signal out there. But the problem is, or the, the, the greater issue is that once it's out there in the public like that, anybody can use it. And we know how the media is going to use it, whether they're in on it or no. They're opportunistic, and they know human psychology. And again, not like I wasn't laughing along the way or, you know, you know, nodding sheepishly at some things and then just shaking my head at others when I was watching that whole thing. But um, I just, I always think about public reception. That I just, that's what I'm more curious about. So, yes, there's there's plenty that we're going to be there's able to. There's plenty they could, they, they, there's plenty of stuff for them to use. I, I, absolutely. I, there's just too much of the, the, everything. They just, they, they, it wasn't, it wasn't hard to pick out something to use at all. That, the average person, I'll put it to you this way. The average person who has an, has a staunch opinion on this now has watched less than one minute of total footage of the entire three well, hours. Well, it's hard broadcast. to find it. It's I mean, you have to really dig for it, like to to find it on YouTube or or like a, the full thing, you know. Indeed, I haven't seen the full thing. I want to. Well, you probably find, you could probably find it on band.video. That's that's the the Alex Jones. Uh, uh, oh, is it? It's like their YouTube. They have to create a, a YouTube. So it's and I watched on Infowars on Infowars.com. They, whenever they're live, they always have the, the video stream playing live on their front page. So I was watching it right on the InfoWars website when I heard that what was going on. Because when it first popped up and they first went live, because I saw the headlines that Kanye had had agreed to go and do a broadcast with Alex, Alex Jones. That was a couple of days ago. So I knew somebody had agreed to whatever, but I was waiting for there to be an announcement that, oh, tomorrow it's going to happen. 
suddenly in the quite frankly discord we have everybody posting screenshots of this guy in a letterman jacket with uh with a black hood over his head I'm like what the fuck's this i go that's kanye west what oh, no. and that, that's when i went right to in- Infowars, <clears throat> and i started uh watching with my mouth agape yeah i saw that what i what i saw what was going on i was like oh no i texted you all i said you guys gotta watch this right now yeah that's i started looking for it and I didn't get to watch all of it. Yeah. So uh, some people in the chat room just said, it's funny to see Alex out crazied. Yeah. yeah. He, he just sat there. Not that knowing. was the funniest part. He was just like, you know, he didn't, he was dumbfounded. I didn't know what to say a couple of times. He reminded, like he had this, he had similar like facial expressions to like Mike May sometimes. You yeah. know that? Yes. <laughs> it's true. It's true. He was like, huh. well, all right. <laughs> Oh, and I love when he... When and the uh, memes, like, oh my God, there's going to be memes for decades about this. No, no no doubt about it, there is. I just don't even... I don't know what to say. Let, let's, go to, uh, let's go to a couple of Babylon B headlines, and then I'll check the Matt Taby uh, uh, thing again. But here you go. All right, well, about Matt Taby, here, here's the first one that's up. Let me get Matt out of the way for a second. Elon Musk, headline, Elon Musk vows to reveal government and media collusion once he figures out where those red dots are coming from. (laughs) 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 He's ready to go. Here's another one. Headline, Biden recounts the time he faced down Hitler while working as a (laughs) (laughs) life... Faced down Hitler while working as a lifeguard (laughs) at a pool. And I told him, you get out of here, Hitler. Here's a headline. Oh, no. Devoted Christian finished highlighting every word in the Bible and now doesn't know what's important. (laughs) You know, that's funny because I've had that situation when I'm highlighting articles that I think are really are really good for the show in the past. I have I have, you know, the highlighters that like the extensions in the browser so I can actually just get to things and make longer articles more concise for broadcast purposes. And. When it's a really hot article, I'm just like, oh, fuck. I'm just going to read the whole damn thing. Whole damn thing is a highlight. Headline, Hitler concerned this Kanye guy is making him look bad. <laughs> Poor guy. He's got a lot of PR problems even now. Uh, headline, another one, Kanye releases a brand new album, My Struggle. <laughs> no. Oh, did, did you ever see... Did you ever see? Um, uh, it's a it's a funny. Obviously, it's it's got to be staged, but there is a a video. It's, it's either TikTok or Instagram. It's a short video. They're <clears throat> in Germany or Austria or something like that, and it's a Christmas morning, and everybody's opening up presents. And a little boy, probably around eight, nine, ten years old, opens up a present, opens it up, and there is a copy a copy of Mein Kampf, and. And the father, the father looks. Like, he said, "What the hell did you get that?" And he 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 went up to his father, the boy's grandfather, and said, "I said Minecraft, Minecraft." He said, "Where did you even find this?" He was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Said, it's hilarious. I love it. Why well, it's illegal in Germany, right? I don't know. I don't. I don't it could have been German. It was definitely a foreign com- country, and I just think it was it was it was pulled off perfectly. Do you ever read Mein Kampf? I've read. Not the whole thing. Not cover to cover. Did you enjoy it? It was pretty boring from what I read, which is why I didn't read the whole thing. I was just bored. 
You know, you think that you open it up and all of a sudden a red glow fills the room or something. Like that, <laughs> you know, and you just start, you know, you hear the, the uh, you hear wind whipping around outside. If Hitler read it aloud, would it be interesting? Oh, yes. <laughs> There's something, something about his eyes. Hypnotic. We, you know what we have to watch now? We have to watch the Norm Macdonald 420 bit. Mm-hmm. Um... That'll get me kicked off of YouTube for the evening. German fella. German-born politician named by the name of Adolf Hitler. Huh. Or something like his little, his little, th we'll do that at the end. All right, another headline. Another headline. Baal distances himself from Balenciaga. <laughs> which Did you see the breakdown of, of the, even the name Balenciaga? Nah. Is that what it's made off of, of Baal? Baal well, well, it's missing the second A, but oh, I've broken yeah. down. It, uh, it, it actually means Baal is the king. I forgot what so language. So what are they doing? Child P? It's just weird weird stuff and yeah a lot of a lot of the a lot of the references buried inside the easter eggs buried inside of these these um these advertising campaigns go back to very inappropriate weird macabre uh bloody amputations abused gaunt looking it, it, it looked like all of the worst parts of the tony podesta art collection but whatever um World Cup ref wondering if it's too late to admit he doesn't know what offsides is. So, have you been watching the the uh, the World Cup at all? No. Okay. Well, that's going on right now. That's what I hear. Let's go back to the Matt Taby thing real quick. I just want to see we're at number thirty six, and there's nothing else left. So, okay. There you go. Democrat Party. The First Amendment is not absolute. That's all you need to know about them so far. That'll that'll be extended reading over the weekend, no doubt about it. All right. Well, didn't oh. Joe Biden say that about the Second Amendment? Didn't he say that? It's like it's not absolute. All types of stuff. Yeah. Piece of shit. <laughs> can't take him anymore. Just can't take it. All right, let's take some calls. See what everybody else is saying. 817, you're on the air. Who's this? My name's Jim Bob. Hey, Jim, what's going on? Uh, man, it's a great show tonight. Thank you so much. What do what do you uh, what are you thinking? How's it hitting you? Well, I, I mean, I look at Pat Buchanan's unnecessary war. I think Churchill had a whole lot of just the bad things about him, and it's all documented there. I mean, with the bombing in Dresden and everything else, and then you you correlate that to you know the the show um, the. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm practicing my on-air speech, and I'm not quite as good as I thought. <laughs> no, it's all right. Well, hey, listen, I, it's, that's that's totally fine. Whatever what, you you were getting there. Um, well, so, okay, so let, let, let me let me say let me say it again. Okay, so so, so Pat Buchanan had a great book with the unnecessary war, and he really painted Churchill as being one of the arch villains. A lot of Churchill's backers, people don't really understand that. And then if you go on uh, BitChute, you can do. A, a show of one third of the Holocaust, and you could also look at uh, Cole's David Cole's thing when he did an interview of the Holocaust of the Auschwitz people when they were giving tours, and David Cole also has a great take on it. So a lot of a, a way where thought is being molded. Um, so that's kind of what I would like to bring out. But 
Well, yeah, no sure matter the no, best person. That, well, listen, Jim Bob, it was a great call, and you and you you bring up a couple of a couple of interesting points. Number one, aside from the fact that we're all we always have to think about what the global impacts are because they are. And thanks for, again for calling in. Um, remember, they're looking for uh, flashpoint moments to bring us into new phases of civilization. They have a lot of things, a lot of transitions planned for us, and. Um, so uh, many people may think that hey we're you know we're we're bracing for impact here one way or another. What the hell does it matter? It could just be uh, some people just might be like who the hell cares? Why are you holding back holding back any punches? Let everybody say whatever the hell they want for as long as we got to say it because you know that they have plans of shutting the whole damn thing down, maybe even turning the whole internet off along with the lights. You just don't know. Say whatever the hell you can while you can. I understand that that's that standpoint too, and uh, I think that um, you know the, the the more people, as many people call, come out and say I've got an opinion on this that or the other, there are probably a lot more people who silently have an opinion or silently have an interest perked peaked and a question that they want answered, and they'll go off and do some uh, research they never would have thought of doing before and might actually you might actually start allowing people to uh to change their uh change the paradigm at least that, that they live in their worldview and that could be for better for worse or or whatever so there's definitely opportunity and silver linings everywhere but that's that you can find silver linings big time when you break it down it's a little micro standpoints on the macro it's a lot harder to it's a lot uh it's a lot darker picture when you think about how we we move and react as a roving mass body of people. Because people, when you put them together, more than three people in a room, and the the, the collective IQ of the room it just plummets to, to 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 like three. And then when you talk about large nations and states and cities, oh my god, oh my god, just the. Herd mentality is is so infuriating. It's so infuriating, it really is. But um, okay, there's a little bit more here. Let's take a. There's something else I wanted to ask. I forgot what the hell it was. But we can take some more calls. One or two more. We're almost done. It's eight fifty three. Last call. Eight one eight three six zero. You there? No. No, they're not. Let's see here. Uh, hey, Kelland, are you there, Kelland? I'm here. Hello, how are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's great to have you on the show. What 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 have you been thinking tonight? Um, am I live right now? Yes, you are. You just gotta. You <laughs> okay, gotta... I'm gonna mute my TV. You got it. Okay, first of all, hello, gentlemen, longtime listener, admiring you guys. You guys rock. Thank so proud you. of you. You're doing amazing. It's great to have you on. Um, thank you. So I was actually really proud of Yay. Okay, go ahead. So I feel like he said what a lot of people have been thinking and no one has had a platform for it. And I feel like him saying, I love Nazis and I love like all of these historical hated figures. I feel like a lot of people aren't um, really understanding the context, how he, I mean, he was reading scripture live. You know, who does that? <laughs> Who's ever done that? So I feel like 
him saying he loves everyone, I feel like he was taking on Christ's consciousness and um, like just, you know, what, what do they say in scripture? Jesus walked among like the sickest of the sick and the, the, the quote unquote lowest of people. And I feel like he's, he was embracing that. And I feel like he was, um, I just felt like it was a great grounding moment. And I felt like my voice was finally heard when there's so much stuff out there that is such BS. Okay. Well, yeah. well I, I, as we were saying, and thank you for calling in and put that out there, uh, Kellen. It's great to have you on. And I, um, I think earlier on in the in the show, I did mention that that take has been take has been uh, uh, offered up by a lot of people, saying, "Well, he, he's going to the extreme," because obviously it is a a, a huge cultural extreme um, to go to. But he's taking it to the most extreme place that you can find to to talking about loving. Uh, your neighbor, your even your enemy, or whatever this loving the sinner. If you can find the the biggest historical sinner in a cultural sense, who would it be? And for him to go and say, "No, I it's, no, it's not about the Hugo Boss uh, uniforms. I love Hitler." Uh, yeah, that's a that's a very very big leap for a lot of people. And I don't know. Um, I don't know, over the course of a three-hour broadcast, there are things that are just very sloppily done, not very well articulated, and like I said, regardless of what kind of nuanced conversation you're going to try to spark with that, it's not, um, it doesn't hit the way you think well, it is. Well, that was the first, the first thing that came to mind when I saw it. I, I thought, the, I was like, okay, I know what he's trying to do here. I was like, I know what he's trying to do here, but this is not working. <laughs> this is, but I, I got it. Like, I, I did get it. You it's, know, it's one. Thing a lot to... of the time when he talks, I know what he's trying to say. You know, I know what he means. But, but I'm like, but just like how you said, I simultaneously know how people are seeing it. You know, and that's what that's that's where my reaction comes in. It's because I know how people are taking it. Yep. That's just, uh, I mean, it sucks to have to think that way. To say, all right, I totally get what's going on here. And then I have to switch over to hive mind uh, impact. Right. How is everybody else around me going to receive it? And how much time am I going to have to take to battling them in, the, in, in, a, uh, in an exchange of, of shitty opinions? Or do I now just have to take a couple of days off until this all stops and I don't have to see anybody? That's just really the whole thing. Because you know what it is? For the people who swallow these things and it affects them the most, like people who see this and they go out and they say, oh my God, it's actual not Like the Keith Olbermans of the world who have been screaming about Nazis and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. They have been having, for the last seven years, they've had to lie about people <laughs> like Donald Trump, Nazis, KKK, yeah. even though he's got Jewish grand, grandchildren, all that he's objectively done. If you can, you compare uh, Donald Trump's or, uh, and and Barack Obama as far as friends of Israel and friends of Jewish people, uh, you know uh, that um, Donald Trump was hanging out with with that that Frank Wright uh, character. What was his name? Uh, um, pretty much like a Louis Farrakhan type. Oh, the for, Reverend. Yeah. So, something I like that. I don't remember his name. Yeah, Reverend Wright or something. So they've had to they've had to lie about this and kind of come up with ridiculous these ridiculous tropes to throw at Donald Trump because there was nothing there. After this week, 
even though still this is not not, not a Trump's doing. You know, he had unexpected visitor in Mar-a-Lago a couple of days before before Thanksgiving. Nick Fuentes even talks about it there uh, at on the um, the yeah, Infowars broadcast. Yeah, I heard broadcast. that one where he like he didn't even know who Nick was. He was like, "Oh, just bring him in." Yeah, he and, Kanye, and then he but he was in. also talking about over the course of that dinner in Mar-a-Lago how whatever kind of an inn, a, a you know like a, a mole or whatever they had over there in Mar-a-Lago that they were talking about to get on in there. They're pretty much using Kanye to get in. And and then over the course of the dinner, uh, it was like I forgot how that what the hell they said. Um, oh shit! It was uh, Trump just pretty much became wise to what was going on over the dinner, but with Milo and and Fuentes being being there and all that stuff, and uh, he changed the he changed the, the the way that he was conducting himself. You know, you know what? Who did this? You know who caught on to this and talked about it? It was uh, Razor Fist. Let me go there. Because he had it in that particular clip, in his little four-minute uh, response to the whole thing. Wait, where is Razor Fist? Give it to me. Hold on. Here we go. Videos. Make mean tweets again. No, no, yay or nay. All right, here we go. Now listen to this. Hold on. Against him. Either way, Fuentes got his money's worth. Dude was trending, what, nonstop He's for about three for fucking second. days, which for a channel that had maybe 100K subscribers when he was originally deplatformed on YouTube is a quantum fucking leap in relevance. Though, admittedly, those numbers may be inflated. So keep it up, folks. Although, according to accounts from the meeting itself, Listen. perhaps that's the Richard Spencerian strategy at play here. Um, Ye had accidentally sent a text message to a lawyer that both Trump and Ye share um, and forward him some intel that Karen gave to us about how we were going to handle the Trump meeting and how to read his body language and the kinds of things that maybe we should avoid or things we might want to say. And so before the dinner, Ye accidentally forwarded that to a lawyer who then in the middle of the dinner apparently called Trump. Somebody called Trump and said, Karen is giving Ye intel because Karen worked for Trump. She ran the state of Florida during the Republican primary in 16. And so he got the heads up. They, they thought it was some big ambush. So he gets off the phone and the tone totally flipped. And he starts telling Ye these stories about how some of his black constituents had betrayed him. He told the story about how he got ASAP Rocky out of jail. He told the story about how he got the uh, NBA basketball players out of the Chinese jail. And the moral of the story was, if you go against me, if you're disloyal to me, I'll crush you. That was kind of the subtext. Glow on, then. Also, I'm loving how ever since he's been palling around with Kanye, Fuentes went from wearing a prom suit from Baby Gap to a baggy blue hip-hop hoodie. Subtle shit, Sherlock. So, I mean, I just keep listening to that all night. I love it. But um, that's what I'm talking about. So there's all that, all that portion of it going on. And... Um, I don't know. Where are we going with this one? What were we talking about that this came up? The meeting, the meeting itself. Yeah, so I just don't know. Just don't know, but we're living through it. And, you know, as you say, well, it's if it's all distraction. I'd like to know. I mean, it, it sounds like a pretty big series of happenings <clears throat> to me right now. Michael from Maryland. What's going on, Mike? Mike? Hello? Mike, we can't hear you. Hello? 
Hello? <laughs> Who is this? Who is this? Mike. Hello? All right, well, for Hello? some reason. Let's see. Hello? Mike. Hello? Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, I'm so glad you just played that uh, Razor Fist clip because it was a point I was going to make. Um, I'm inclined to believe, looking at the clown show, that all of this is just one big psyop, um, like Albert said, because he's not going out there and making any kind of coherent points and all that kind of stuff, and it, it, it just it looks bad. At the same time, I can kind of see, okay, he actually is being an artist, and there's a deeper meaning behind, like he said, the face mask. It's way deeper than just the whole the net and the yoohoo. Um, and then Nick Fuentes as well. Um, when Nick Fuentes isn't making these, like, edgy jokes and, like, kind of being immature, he's actually a very articulate political analyst. Um, he, he definitely knows his stuff, and he, he argues his case very well. But um, and and just with with all this this drama and the lying and the backstabbing about around the Trump dinner and Milo's involved there and he has a long history of blackmailing and burning people while at the same time also being super articulate and very right when he wants to argue a point. Um, we we really don't know what to make of it. But then ask yourself too, if Kanye is being genuine. What is he actually calling for? He is calling for a group of people to be removed from society, right? So that's not something you can just go out there and say. Like you're you're calling for like a, a crime against humanity to be committed. Did, did but but did he? Well, n no, no, he did. He never said that. Which is what I'm saying. If that's what he's trying to do, if that's his end goal, he can't say that. So, so why even bring it up then? Well, this is what I'm saying. If, if you want, if if he is actually like a like serious about this issue, and he's he's unironically saying no, 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 I like what Hitler did, and implying like I wish that would happen again. This would be the only way to do it. And so, while we've looked for the past five six years of this gigantic game of chicken being played uh, with with everything with you know the media and then you know Trump will come out and say one thing and the media says oh no it's a lie about this and then the rest of the public is saying, saying oh actually maybe it's this thing over here that they're talking about that no one's really acknowledging and then when some Twitter account acknowledges it they get nuked um, I, I honestly don't know I, I have no idea what to make of this I mean it is the ultimate um, how would you even say it, it? It's a big ball of chaos, and we don't know where it's going to turn next. Well, I, and, I don't know. I mean, when you, when you talk about like I, like I said, I I don't um, I, the the way that he has been going about this has been in a um, he's, he's been telling the story, diagnosing what he believes has been a, a major problem in uh, in media and in every and culture and whatever. And he's going after everybody, uh, obviously with a concentration on Zionism, but the but the whole point here is that he was he's going after it with this kind of a, a love. I'm, I love everyone. Where I'm going to even go out and, and love the person that you say should be unnamed, unnameable in public, let alone unlovable. Um, so that's that that I don't know how we get from there to him 
saying without saying that there needs to be some physical removal of a certain class of people in society. I don't I don't see how we get there. Well, see, and, and that right there is another huge problem I have with all of this is when he, he, he when he talks about Christianity, he he's very much into he, right now he's playing into liberation theology, which basically just says, oh, well, Jesus said to be kind to each other. So I'm just going to love everyone. That is not at all the message of the gospel. Yeah, you have to have your heart filled with love, but the gospel is also about justice and violence. And if you don't walk the right path, you're going to burn in hell forever. And he was a he had a completely different message, and it was more on that point when he was talking to Tucker Carlson, saying basically like the boot was down on my throat and I was struggling to survive, and so I looked inward to God and, you know, this is how I got through it, talking about how he built his character to become the man he became. And right now, he's not saying any of that. It, it, it really is just a circus. Hmm. Hmm. This is why I like doing call-in shows with a really, really juicy story. These are a lot of things to think about here. M Mike, is that all you have for us? Great, great call. Thank you for... It's been a while since we heard from you. Yeah, I just wanted to call in and weigh in on this very important issue. Okay, man. Well, have yourself a good night, and thanks for the thanks for the call. All right, man. You too. All right, all right. Well, guys, that's uh, that's all we have. I'm gonna make sure I have all my uh, my super chats. Let me see over here on quitefranklysuperchat.com. Incompetent hands says, "What a week!" John Paul Rice interview reminded me of the scene with young and old Xavier in X Men Days of the Future Days of Future Past. It's not their pain you're afraid of; it's yours. Need to get Stephen J. Rumblesburg back. Can't wait for the book club. Love you, Frank. Yes, I would love to have Rumblesburg back on. Wonderful story. Wonderful storyteller and uh, and and scholar. Carlos Carreras says, I'm no expert, but Mr. Smith brings up what interpreters are saying. The Constitution requires Congress to perform investigation. Day of Congress ignored 100 members' desire to do so, but did not protect Constitution per their oath. Thus, they can be removed. Oh, I understand. I understand that we could come upon a situation like that, where... The text is explicit with its recommendation for one uh, situation or another that we may or may not find ourselves in. And then it's just about, all right, what are the logistics of everybody waking up a couple of days after the New Year's where they're all celebrating their second anniversary of January 6th? They're all, they're all putting their wreaths outside. <laughs> they're all putting their wreaths outside. And suddenly they say... That the 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 president who was attempted who had attempted to be, uh, you know, prevented from being installed on 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 January sixth is now being uh, removed, and Trump is being is is coming back. If that's actually the prescription there, because I can't imagine you would remove someone like Joe Biden and put his vice president in there instead. So what would it be? Would it be the mm -hmm. House? Would it be the Speaker of the House for the? But that, that then that would be Kevin McCarthy. You know, so I'm always I always think about the logistics about something like that having actually being able to come to pass with this kind of a culture, with these people and with a with a government full of those who don't care about the prescriptions of the Constitution anyway. You know, so it, I feel like they read the law and they go, oh, eh, 
eh, we'll, we'll, let's just let's just do it anyway. So we will see. Thank you, Carlos, for all that stuff, and thank you guys. I want to thank everybody on Rumble. Let me see. We got a Rumble rant over there from Live Die, Live Free or Die. 1776. Hi, Frank. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Yay is a total psyop. This is a distraction from Elon dropping the Hunter Biden cover-up tonight, in my honest opinion. Yeah, but Elon is is a part of it. So did did he... I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Elon is kind of like a part of this situation. Well, now that he, he suspended him, Twitter is going to be kind of quiet for the next six hours. And then he dropped it. I don't. I don't see how this would have have drawn away. First of all, Infowars is going to be covering this stuff, no doubt about it, with the Matt Taby drop. But who knows? You know, it could be making to, uh, other other impacts. It could be setting the stage for something else. You don't think that people are going to say that this was a call for radicalization of of Christianity? They've been talking about the rise of Christian nationalism and how it's a dangerous cult and all this other stuff they're just making shit up they're looking for something to bolster as i was saying before all of the uh all the attempts that they made over seven years and maybe this is what i was talking about all the attempts that they made over seven years to actually tie donald trump to the kkk and white supremacy regardless of his actual uh body of work and the awards he's been given the distinguishments the fact that he has jewish family members and all that stuff and 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 objectively comparing his uh, uh, his administration to the Obama administration night and day some if you want to call somebody an anti-semite it'd be the Obamas but um but when it comes to this now you give crazy people like Keith Olbermann an actual uh, an actual piece of meat to to connect a string to Donald Trump to the, the Nazis that people who are you know at least nazis to the point where they're they're willing to say that they love adolf hitler you know that's the kind of meat you give these opportunistic bastards and you say after a while well who cares they're going to turn everything into a big deal but this is a little bit bigger than just a a small mound of potatoes that they're turning into a mountain i mean this was a this was a, a pretty big media event yesterday and the the topics are gargantuan in size especially as Tom Carroll had called it the ultimate taboo. So, very interesting. I love hearing what everybody had to say about this stuff. And we will be back on Monday to have a lot more fun with you. But let me just say, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be, uh, we're, we're continuing our coverage on quitefrankly.tv in just a few moments. So let me just thank everybody on Foxhole, Stickman, uh, Stickman Freediver, Cave Toad. Again, I, uh, let's see here, Delona. A diamond subscription. Thank you so much, Delona. Ranger says, Time Man of the Year, 1938, Adolf Hitler, and New York Times praised him on the Daily in the, in the 1930s. Uh, FDR wrote love letters about Mussolini and Hitler. Love letters. They, I mean, you have no clue. You have no clue. It, you want to actually look at, you actually want to look at what was going on around the time of that September, in the lead up to the September 1st, 1939 invasion of Poland, where everybody says it's an unprovoked attack. You want to look, it, you, you'd be really uh, interesting to see how creepy it is in similar circumstances to the Ukraine situation with the Donbass regions. There was regions of Poland that, that Germany wanted back. They were 97% German. 
And this is all these lands that had been taken away from them after World War One, and they're trying to re redo the map to be able to bring things back because uh, they, they were just restoring what they had before. And same, same, uh, under the Polish rule, these very highly densely packed German areas, especially like Danzig and stuff like that, they were coming under a lot of persecution and uh, just like those in the Donbass regions of Ukraine, at the hands of Ukrainians, the CIA Ukrainians. So um, there's a lot of that going on. And the offers that were made, the treaty offers that were made between Hitler and and Poland were actually seen by a lot of the British as, 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 as very fair. Uh, but of course, they were all rejected, just like Zelensky's rejecting everything. It, it's just interesting. It's very interesting to read through this stuff. And... Um, and you know, history is what it is. It was concluded the way it is, and here we are. But um, to, to to poke around and turn a black and white situation just a little bit more colorful, I think it does the world a, a, a greater justice. It definitely makes conversation a lot more interesting. And yeah, New York Times, a lot of praise, a lot of praise. Stickman Freediver, just more evidence that we are living in a clown world. Grab the popcorn. Cave Toad, it's either uh, uh, an EMP. Oh, my God, Cave Toad. Thank you so much. It's either a PSYOP or he's flailing to try and figure out how to save the soul he already lost and already sold. There's a thought. Ronald says, I love Hitter. Hit, hitter. Hit her thang. Thank you, River Pike, and thank you, Keith. Thank you, Delona. EMPs are coming in now. You guys are just really, uh, thank you for everything. Sean Joe and Pod Hermit, you're all wonderful. Get over to quitefrankly.tv. You can hang out with these wonderful people for the rest of the evening. I'll be in there before you know it because we've got to have some fun tonight and just ring in the weekend. Matt, what do you got coming up? How's everything going with you for the weekend? I have no clue, bro. That's good. Good for you. Sometimes it's good not to have a clue. We're going to bring Aurora for a uh, breakfast with Santa tomorrow. Oh, that's nice. To the North Pole? Yes. Oh, you know what else? What also happened today? For the first time, I knew what was going on. She just, you know, some days she's refusing naps now. She just, just pushes all the way through, and that's fine. Other days, she conks out. We think that she's tired. She is. But uh, some days she fights it. Some days she, day she doesn't. And... uh Today she fought it, and obviously she wasn't going down. She was already in her room, just talking to herself and giving, you know, making speeches and all that stuff. And she, um, she's in there for like thirty minutes or so, forty minutes. We're like, all right, that's usually around the time that we know she's not going down. About forty minutes in. So before I can go in there and get her, I hear the biggest boom, biggest boom. I knew exactly what happened. It's the first day she threw herself over the railing of her crib. So now we know it's time. And, and th I went in there, and she was on her back. She's confused. She's crying. So calm her down. Then she goes and falls asleep on Lauren's chest for two and a half hours because she was tired. But the uh, the crib, it's time to go to toddler bed. So we have to drop the thing down tonight for the next until we get the the toddler bed extension thing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna put like my moon pod and things on the floor in case she throws herself over the edge again. At least she'll fall into a bean bag. Because that was that was scary. 
Well, I think she's smart enough now. Well, she, she'll know to go down easy now. I hope. I mean, that didn't stop Anthony when he was a kid. That, that, used, that stopped me. But my mother had to put pillows down out, outside of my brother's crib, especially when she, he was around Aurora's age because he would throw himself out of bed almost nightly. Just didn't care. Just reckless abandon. <laughs> So, all right, everybody, that's it. Get on over to quitefrankly.tv. Thank you for all of your calls, all of the submissions tonight. We're going to do so much more of it in the new week. Great things coming up, and uh, enjoy your weekend. I will see you soon. I'll catch you on the flip side. Frankly, is film of our live studio audience, and now our super chance. Starting with Carlos Carreras, who just sent me another one that uh, I can't read right now. Damn it! But have a great weekend, Carlos, and we'll talk. We'll talk some other time. Absolutely. Incompetent hands, donkey dick, and and Stostube. Thank you, everybody watching on Rockfin, over there on Rumble, especially Live Free or Die 1776, and all of my wonderful friends on Foxhole, who I hope stick around and uh, become good company of each other in that chat room as the programming after hours stretches on into the good night. I'll see you guys on Monday. Thank you for everything, and become a sponsor. Talk to you soon. Think about it, though, Tom. Some weight loss. AIDS? Nobody's got AIDS. I don't want to hear that word here again.